NFL trade deadline day. What is going to be happening? Hi there, everybody. Welcome into Undisputed. I'm Jen Hale. That is Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jen. How are you? So I trick-or-treated last night in my Shannon Sharp costume, and people give me stuff I just don't ingest. I, I don't know what, where it comes from, but it's, I was like, I don't drink that. I don't smoke that. I'm sorry. Well, they should have uh, been giving you, give you some money there. You had an 84 jersey I did on. have. I had all that bling on. I yeah. had that. Yeah. Everybody talking about you ought to get skipped aside and auction the mask off. Oh, really? I say I think I might do that for a noble call. Oh, well, somebody's. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree to sign <laughs> it first. Well, I'm gonna donate the money to uh, Ernestine's favorite charity. Well, you ought to get somebody else to sign it because it doesn't look like me. Yeah, it look like you. <laughs> I'm gonna get Ernestine. I'm gonna get Ernestine All on right. this. Well, she would. She'd do that. She Let's loves you a lot more than she loves me. Good. All she this should. energy, yeah. gentlemen, yeah. into today's topics because we have a packed show. Let's get started with the drama that is unfolding with the next. A group of eight courtside fans wore fight anti-Semitism t-shirts last night to the Nets game. That, in reaction to Kyrie Irving's posting and promoting an anti-Semitic film on his social media accounts. One of the courtside fans, who, yes, is a Nets season ticket holder, said, quote, I think he should be suspended and he should understand what he did. But I don't know if they will. Shannon, will the NBA punish Kyrie? I don't know that he can. I don't know how the NFL suspends him, Skip. The um, NBA. NBA, excuse me, yep. NFL. NBA suspends him. Um, they put out a statement, and they didn't even mention Kyrie by name. So, obviously, they're very disappointed. Uh, a lot of their sponsors, a lot of their supporters of, of the, the Jewish faith or, or, or nationality, I don't know how you define mm-hmm. it, Skip, but I think, uh, look, Kyrie understands what he's doing. Anybody that's smart as Kyrie thinks he is understand the impact of the words that he's using. Yep. This is what Kyrie said on Saturday Night Skip. I'm, I'm not going to stand down on anything I believe in. I'm only going to get stronger and stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me. So the NBA and fans saying, well, Kyrie, you need to do this. He's going to become more devout in what he's standing on because he believes he's right. I don't, and Skip, what, what bothers me a lot of time when people say things, there's like, especially when they, 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 they say things, negative, uh, derogatory things about the, the Jewish religion, or they say something about slavery. And they say, well, let's take him to the, uh, the Holocaust Museum. Uh, let's take him to the uh, black, uh, uh, black History Museum uh, uh, about slavery. If you're as smart as I think you are or you think you are, you already understand about the Holocaust. You already understand your words and the impact that it's going to have a black, black people in slavery or the, uh, the, uh, the Jewish people in the Holocaust. So why should I take you to something that if you're as smart as what you lay people to believe, yeah. you already know the impact. Kyrie thinks he's smart. Kyrie wants to be like throw out these conspiracy theories. And even if you were to take him to these places, skip it, it now all of a sudden, what's he going to believe in? He has to have a, a theory so no truth can change his mind because now all of a sudden he looks foolish. Kyrie, like, you know, he went, Skip, you remember uh, during the pandemic, uh, uh, the Native American, I think his mom is a uh, uh, Native American. He went to a reserve, unvaccinated and unmasked. He thought he was doing something noble. Skip, I might not believe in the vaccine, but if I have a loved one that's, that's compromised, mm-hmm. I would be foolish. These people are compromised. Kyrie didn't care. Kyrie, ble- Kyrie wants to be a leader. He do. He thinks he's a leader. But don't ask me any questions. Don't ask the leader any questions. I'm doing this. Don't dehumanize me. Bro, I don't even think he understood what dehumanizing means. Skip, I just, I, I just, like I said, I mean, Kyrie just frustrating. And the, the thing is with me, I really don't know because he's such a tremendous basketball player. And I get it. 
but I don't get it. I don't get his angle. I don't get what he's hoping to accomplish. He wants to be a martyr, but doesn't want to have anything that comes along with martyrdom. Skip, they question everything Dr. No, King. That's a great point. I agree. <laughs> Skip, they question everything Dr. King said. They question everything Malcolm X said. And they stood before masses and thousands and thousands of reporters and they answered the question. Well, this is why I'm doing it. Yes. This is why I'm doing it. This is why this is. This and is and why. they both paid severe prices, severe life prices. Even, okay. even when he wanted to be a martyr, I'm talking about, I'm speaking for the little people mm -hmm. that are losing their jobs and their, their, their uh, standard of living because of this unvaccinated. Bruh, you ain't lose no job. You still got paid. A martyrdom, a martyr has to have, have to be willing to suffer the same fate that those that he's rising up for are suffering. What did Kyrie suffer? Yeah. He lose no money. As a matter of fact, he got his 33 million. Them people lost their job. Now in New York, they, uh, a judge says you got to reinstate them and give them back pay, but Kyrie didn't lose anything. Skip is just frustrated, man. And I, like I said, I skip. I really don't know what the NBA can do. Nike can say, you know what, Kyrie, enough is enough. We're done. They're about to release the Kyrie 8, uh, I think, this, this week or next, later this month. Yep. But I, I'd skip. I, short of them saying, Kyrie, take your ball and go home. What else can they do? Could there even be a wrist slap sort of gesture of a fine or a one-game suspension? No, because he'd go, the union is not going to allow it because that's his, that's his, you know, and Kyrie's going to fight it. Okay, let's start from last night's flashpoint. This was new and different to me because usually the protests happen outside, outside the, the arena. arena yeah. With people who aren't actively involved inside the arena. Yeah. <laughs> this was at the very heart of Nets fandom. These are front row season ticket holders, eight strong across. Correct. <sighs> right there live on television. It was on NBA TV, TV last yeah. night. And some more quotes from Aaron Jungice, who, uh, I'm sorry, Jung Rice, who is one of the, seemed to be the spokesman, sort of the elder statesman of this group, spoke out and he said, we felt that the Nets did not condemn an anti-Semite in their ranks. And we wanted to show love that we're still Nets fans and we love the team, no, no mm -hmm. doubt about that. But they should reprimand Kyrie because he's full of hate. We're still full of love. Hopefully he'll, he'll come around to the right. other side. And then Mr. Jungrice goes on to say, I hope he realizes how much anti-Semitism he is stoking by putting out a link to a film like that, which is extremely anti-Jewish. And I hope he comes to his senses. I think he should be suspended and he should understand what he did. But as Jen quoted, I don't know if they will. But he took the post down, right? He did delete his tweet. Okay, so that was a start. It, it stayed up for about The four damage days. was done. Yes, the damage was long. It's long kind done. of like what Elon Musk tweeted out about Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Oh, he took it down, yep. but not after it had gotten them 640,000 likes. Okay, so is it possible? I, I have two theories here. Is it possible that the world now sees Kyrie as so occasionally sort of kooky, crackpotty, sort of way out there with all these conspiracy theories that 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 he's just seen as wacky enough 
that that he can sort of now get into that realm of he can just get away with anything because the world just says, oh, well, that's just Kyrie again. You know, what else is new? Right. Mm -hmm. Is it is it possible that he's been so far out there that that he can just stay out there without punishment or penalty? Right. Is is that possible? I see it happen. Yeah. There's Uh, probably a fraction in that in that camp. Okay. I see it with Charles Barkley on television. He'll he'll say so many outrageous things that he'll then he'll. That's just Charles. Yeah, it's just Charles. Well, that's just Charles, and everybody says, "Oh, it's next." Yeah, that's next. just Charles. Okay, I, I get that. Then we have the difference between what Kanye did, or Ye, if you will. Mm-hmm. He spoke out against Jewish people. Spoke out. Kyrie did not speak out. It's it's what you call a tacit. It's 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 like a hands off. It's mm-hmm. sort of I I am I'm only. I'm I, only tweeting the link. I just link. tweeted a link. I yeah. didn't say nothing. Now. I didn't. T- I only tweeted a link. Do with that what you may. Yes, it it appears that he's promoting and endorsing said link. Right. And just for those who missed this show yesterday, as it was pointed out, the book and the movie in question, according to Rolling Stone, are vehemently, vehemently anti-Semitic, with right. with many outrageous references to Jewish people and then to Christian people. And it's basically saying that the, the Bible, both Old Testament and New, are just pure propaganda. So he tweeted the link to this. And if, if I go to the extreme other side, obviously, you know what would happen if a white player tweeted a link to a racist book and movie. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure he would get punished. But we're, we're dealing with the league that is, what do we call the NBA? At 80, least 75, 80 percent black. And so their strength in numbers and and there may be some with I I have no idea. There may be some within the ranks who who back Kyrie on tweeting this link. Right. So that's of course. Yeah. 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 Okay. so that's what the NBA is up against is is that their majority of of their players are black or African-American, whichever way you want to differentiate it. Mm -hmm. But but the point is. The NBA is in a sticky, tricky situation here. So I I do get it. I don't personally like what Kyrie did. And I do think that that some some form of a fine or or something needs to come down just to say, okay, that's too far. That's enough. But Skip, there I believe there I don't know the, the percentage. But there's a fraction that says, okay, well, what if what Kanye is saying is true? What if uh, what Kyrie is saying is true? What if yes. that actually happened? Yes. And because there are a small part, yep, portion that, said, that believe that, right. Skip, he's going to get the clicks, the likes, that okay. say, yeah, you're right, you're right. You see what they did to Kanye? Yes. If it wasn't true, why would they do all, Why would they go through the length that they went through? And, and obviously, Kanye got punished in that he, he lost a bunch of endorsements yeah. and sponsors. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay, so that has not happened at all to Kyrie. Right. And I'm surprised Nike hadn't took a step, hadn't okay. issued a statement. You know and I know how this works. The sponsors, his employer, that they the in the league, they all sit back and they wait and they watch for backlash. Right. What's the backlash? How yes. bad is it going to get over Correct. the next 48 hours? Correct. And now we have one protest that was front and center, but right. it, was, it was, by protest right. standards, fairly right. small. It, it doesn't seem like there's a runaway backlash on the Internet yet, but no. I don't follow it maybe like you do, but no. I, I'm not sensing it. I mean, there's some, but not like the groundswell that happened against Kanye. Okay. All right. I got it. 
the, the issue here for me, as I pointed out yesterday, is that Kyrie is promoting black history the way he views it. Correct. At the expense of Jewish people and Christians and yeah. Muslims right. and, and others. And, and, Skip, and that's the thing. Yeah. And see, Skip, this is the problem that you, that you run into. When Kyrie says, what well, I'm promoting black, that's the same thing that nationalists and white supremacists say. I'm just pro-white, but you can, you can be pro-something without trying to suppress someone else. See, what, what, what they do is that they, well, I'm promoting black. I'm prideful of my white mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. and its purity. So in other words, I'm trying to stamp out Jewish and black in anything that's not white. Kyrie says, well, I'm going to promote black, but in the process of doing that, I'm going to stand on Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And if that means that, means that I, I offend you, oh, well, I'm promoting, I'm promoting my people. Okay. But I believe you can promote something without being disrespectful or being or disregard someone else's religion, faith, exactly. faith or nationality. Okay. So we're all all for free speech. Yeah. I'm sure the commissioner of this league is all for free speech. Yeah, but you're not free of consequences. Not free of consequences. And and you can't do it at the expense of other races or religions. Exactly, okay. exactly. And yet it's it's a tacit stance that he took in that it's not a hands-on. I he did not speak out against Jewish people the way Kanye did. Right. And so maybe that's how he slips by. Well, how about this? Just read this book and then you can form your own opinion. <laughs> or see this yeah. movie and then you, well, you, and you, you, form, you form your own opinion. Let's get this is, this is This is. I think now you have to give LeBron even more credit because look at what he was dealing with and was able to win a championship. And is this, he, oh, with Kyrie. With Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Skip, this you. just didn't come I, about. I, I agree with that. I, I do agree. Kyrie. I think he is extremely difficult to live with day to day. Yes. I think he's moody, mercurial. Yes. And I love his mind. I do love it. But it, it goes unhinged within the team concept. It's hard because you, you know what it takes to win championships with a team. Yeah. Correct. With team unity. And, and Kyrie is the opposite of unity. He is as solo as it gets. Right. I love the way his brain thinks. I don't agree with a number of things that he thinks, but I love it that, that he at least expands his mind. But within the team concept, if you're being paid now, 30, right. what is it, $37 million right. to win basketball games for the, for the Brooklyn Nets, all of your behavior off the floor is, is only... <sighs> It, it's hurting the unity of the basketball team. Right. It's distracting from the goal of the basketball team. Well, how about team. this, Skip? Instead of regurgitating conspiracy theories, how about do some research and do some searching for yourself? What he does is regurgitate what he's heard, what he's read. He didn't do any research. I mean, when you tweet that link, what Alex, what Alex Jones said about some new world order, mm-hmm. that ain't what you did. Mm. You regurgitated what you heard somebody else say. True. So what... So if, if this book and this movie, if this the end all be all, what research have you done to say, you know what, there is truth to this? Has he seen the movie? Has he read the book? Or is he just, well, this is what I think, and, and, and just put it out there. Okay. And by the way, speaking of that, Rolling Stone goes on to say that in this venomously anti-Semitic movie, 
uh, Rolling Stones cite statements within claiming that, quote, many famous high ranking Jews have admitted to worshiping Satan or Lucifer. It's possible that that statement is so out there and so disinformed, yeah. as everybody said, yeah. that maybe a lot of people are just saying, well, that's just way out there. Right. And it's not that big. Maybe it's so out there that people aren't really getting that worked up about Skip, it. When you really get right down to it, people are really gullible because you can convince people to do certain things that you're like, how, why? I mean, you, you look at look at some of the things that our leaders say today and people believe it. They believe it, Skip. Because I mean, they, Jim jo- Skip. they want to believe. Jim, thank yes. you. Thank you. Jim Jones got nine, 900 people, almost a thousand people. Mm-hmm. He and you're convinced like, what? them all. Yep. You mean to tell me if I drink this poison, it's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. But that's the right. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. I, I can't remember what his M.O. was. Were they going to heaven or were they going I, I, to whatever? <laughs> we, we see a lot of this. Yes. Yeah. People buy into this. Yes. OK. So in the end, because he deleted and because Steve Nash is, it keeps selling the fact that that we as a team are going to communicate better. We're going to learn from this. We're going to develop new perspectives. I think they're trying to sell in-house that. This is going to be a great learning experience for Kyrie and for our basketball right. team. We're going to learn from this and we're going to grow from this. And maybe that spin of this will allow them to avoid any punishment from above. Does Steve Nash realize that Kyrie views does not view him as an authoritative figure, does not view him as a <laughs> That's a fact. As a person of yep. a, 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 in power? He just looks at him as like, you're not anything to me. Mm-mm. He, he made that abundantly clear. We don't need a coach. He, Skip, he made that clear 36 hours of you receiving the job. Very so good you point. think that what you say to him, like, I hope we and we communicate this. Gary's not communicating with you. He's not. He's just not. Okay. And I agree with his view of Steve Nash's. Yeah, he played. It was a long time ago. And yeah, he won a couple of MVPs, but it was a long time ago. And how can this white guy from Canada have any <laughs> idea what I'm going through here and now? Right. How can he function on the level my brain is functioning at right now as a black man in the United States of America. So that's, I agree, that's his point of view. So I I don't believe he'll grow from this one bit. And yet, I will say this. Last year, during the vaccination crisis, Mm -hmm. they did send him home. And it it felt like they voted as a team. And it felt like Kevin Durant was right in the middle of it, and he he lent his credibility to it, yeah. and, and he voted yes to send him home. And then what happened? When when things got dire, when when they went on a big lose, would they lose maybe eight in a mm-hmm. row? They said, uh, "Want to come back and help well, that's save when, us?" That's when you got to stand pat. Yep. That's when you have to become more devout to send the message that because now he knows where y'all need me. I have something that you want. And Skip, that's normally how it works. When you have a talent and people want that talent, you're less you're you're you're, you're more apt to, to skate on some things. You're right, they sent him home. But it's like, man, this joke is too, too talented for us to leave him at home. That is hey, correct. come on back, Kyrie. Yep. And then he's like, see, y'all need me. And he knew that. Yep. And The amazing thing about this controversy, as are all the Kyrie controversies, they they seem to fuel him on the basketball court, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, he's playing unbelievable. He's playing at a high level. He he made 
the shot of shots. It was to hold off Indiana last night, but the dagger was delivered by Kyrie. He's always been clutch. Yeah. He's always made big shots and big moments. He did in game seven of the finals that they came back from 3-1 down to win. Skip, I, I, I get it. Um, the NBA, they're like, man, this is not a this is not a good look, but I really don't know what they can do. Short of basically short of no team signing him and sending him home, and we never to hear from Kyrie in the NBA. But I don't know if they can find him for a game. I don't know if they can suspend him. I mean, I mean, maybe you could. I, but what did he say? He tweeted the link. He didn't say it. Like guys have been fined for slurs. You know, Rondo got fined for a slur. Kirby got a, a fine for a slur. Yep. Okay, you okay, you said that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what did he do? He just tweeted a link. Interesting. And I also think. They're about to heave a sigh of relief because it's feeling like it's coming and going. Right. Right? And that's why, you know, we're not going to make didn't make him available last night. No. Nope. Probably not going to make him available tonight. They got a home we go, game. We go yep. a couple of days, three or four days without someone, without, you know, he, him sticking his foot in his mouth and another toe popping out. Mm-hmm. True. Good <laughs> we, point. We, we might, you know, we might be able to skate this thing, Skip. Bingo. We will see what happens tonight with that post-game press conference, gentlemen. A lot of folks will be very interested in trying to talk to Kyrie. All right, let's move on to the football field, gentlemen. Skip, let's talk about your Cowboys. Did they make a mistake trading away Amari Cooper? And with the trade deadline looming, (laughs) is it possible OBJ could be going to Dallas? That's next on Undisputed. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life, from gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform. It's designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash UndisputedPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash UndisputedPod. Your mental health journey begins here. And I won't back down. Amari Cooper caught five balls for 131 yards and a touchdown last night as the Browns beat the Bengals 32-13. Amari, of course, traded away from the Cowboys last offseason for a fifth-round pick and then an exchange of six-rounders. Shannon, what do you think here? Did the Cowboys make a mistake basically giving Amari to the Browns for what essentially boils down to a fifth-round pick? Skip, it's, look, I believe you know what I think of Omari Cooper. I believe they did make a mistake, but here's the reason why I say, Jerry, I mean, it's it's a two-part question. It's really hard. If you wanted CD to be your number one receiver, you had to remove Omari. 
because CD is not better than Amari. He doesn't, he doesn't transition, which means get in and out of his break. He can't beat man coverage as consistently as Amari. He's not a top five route runner like Amari. He doesn't have the body control of Amari. So, Skip, if I want someone to graduate, that's why they were looking to get rid of Jimmy G out of San Francisco. Why, Skip? Because right now, Trey Lance is not better than Jimmy G. But I've got to clear the deck in order for this guy to succeed. So in order for C.D. Lamb to be to, to, dwarf, to, to morph into that number one receiver, Skip, I've got to remove Amari. Everybody knows C.D. is not better than Amari. You know C.D. is not better than Amari. Jerry knew. Jerry was upset because he overpaid for C- uh, Amari because he didn't want him to go to his rival, the Washington football, well, the commanders. Mm-hmm. Like he was saying, the football team sounds better. Okay. He didn't want him to go to the commanders. And so he overpaid for Amari. So instead of paying him the value of what the receivers should be, should get, he gave him more because I didn't want him to go there. And because Jerry says, well, you're not giving me that kind of value, I'm going to move on. Well, you only got a fifth or, and a sixth rounder for him, Skip, because you made it known that you were looking to move on from Amari Cooper. Well, if I know you're going to get rid of something, Skip, I'm not giving you max dollars for it. I already know you want to get rid of it. So Jerry took, hey, I take a fifth and a sixth. When you know, now look what they got, Skip. You got Noah Brown. Really, Skip? Jalen Tober, the guy that was supposed to change the culture, uh, the culture in Dallas. He's been active for what, one game? Well, he, there was a sighting the other Sunday. day against the Bears. Against, really? against oh, the Bears. Oh, really? There he is. By the way, I'll take Romeo Dobbs over him any day of the week, and he went in the fourth round to Jalen Tolbert's third round. Go ahead. CeeDee Lamb has 20 career drops in 40 games. Amari had 14 drops in 56 games. Less drops in 24 fewer games. We saw what Dak was before he got Amari. You were waiting for CD to do what for Dak, what Amari did for Dak. Have you seen that? I have not. There's no question in my mind. They should, come on, Skip. I mean, you talk about you possibly. Would you even be thinking about Odell if you had Amari? The mere fact that you're possibly, and we're going to talk about this, you could possibly be entertaining this, lets you know. Where, where, where are they ranked uh, as far as wide receivers? You tell me that. They're at the bottom near wide receivers. Mm. They weren't there when they had Amari. They were ranked very, very high. So for me, Skip, it's a two-part que- a two-part question. I believe in order for you to let a, a CD rise, you had to let Amari go into the sunset. But he's not a better receiver. Mm. You saw you saw his arsenal on full display last night. You remember those days, Skip Bayless, when he was when he first got what when he got there in 2018? 2018. Mm-hmm. 18. 18. And you saw in 2019, he was dealing. No, I only saw that down the stretch in 2018. You, I did not see it in 2019. You saw it in 2019. I did not. I'm about to tell me when it's my it's turn. It's your turn. Thank you. Once again, you put words in my mouth because <laughs> I do not know that Amari Cooper is more valuable than C.D. Lamb. I do not know that. I do not feel that. I do not see that. I do, do not anticipate that. So you that. think Amari Cooper, you say, as we sit here today, you saying C.D. Lamb is a better receiver than Amari. I will take him any day, night, Sunday, Thursday, Monday. I'll take him over Amari Cooper. I haven't missed Amari Cooper for one split second. The only Cooper I care about now is Cooper Rush. Whatever. Cooper Rush, not Amari <laughs> Cooper. Okay, let's start with last night. You realize that the Browns own the Bengals, and I don't know why. It's just one of those weird rivalry just dynamics where they just own them. They've beaten them eight of the last nine times. Baker Mayfield 
owned, owned the Cincinnati Bengals when he was there. What was his big turnaround game when Odell got hurt? It was at Cincinnati, and he threw a party against Joe Burrow and company. I don't get it, but it's eight out of nine, and it's five straight times, five straight times. So to me, you have to start with the fact that the Bengals that I picked to repeat and win the AFC are decimated, especially on defense. Obviously, they don't have Jamar Chase, and that's another one where he's so great, he just changes the whole dynamic. It's just the whole offense. When you have him and you have to commit two to him every time, all of a sudden, oh, wait, T. Higgins is running free and Boyd's running free. and, and the, They better fix that stinking okay. offensive line. Okay. They and do. and it, it, it's been good because you realize they were on a roll. Yeah. The, the Bengals were on a roll coming into this game, and they were starting to look like the Bengals. And the offensive line was no longer a liability until Miles Garrett happened last night and everybody <laughs> around him. Okay? And every time I looked up, another DB went out of the game, including my old guy Awuzie yeah. went out of the game. And so, yes. He ran wild on them because they didn't have anybody to deal with him. And when your team is front running and when it's clear to Amari Cooper that you have the upper hand in a game, he can be lethal. I always said he he might be the best route runner in football, but I don't trust his heart. I don't trust his backbone. I don't trust his guts, especially on the road. And that was at home in Cleveland last (laughs) night, right? Yeah. Okay. So. What what have we seen? The, the the Browns had lost four in a row. Like, who who cares? Like, it was like a who cares kind of game last night. And it looked like to me, I was obviously rooting for Joe Burrow and company. They go boom, boom, boom right down the field. And then all of a sudden it looks like they're about to go in and score. And Miles Garrett gets his fingertips on a pass and it gets tipped up in the air and tipped up in the air and tipped up. And they, they pick, pick it, it off. And from that point, I look up and it seems like, Ten minutes later, it's 25 to nothing. I'm saying, what just happened to the Cincinnati Bengals? Yep. I think they're trying to figure that out. Okay, yes. so what, what do we know from Amari Cooper this year on the road? Or even let's just pick cherry pick some games. Remember the week one game when the Browns stole that game from Baker Mayfield yeah. at Carolina? Remember that game? Yeah. Amari, he took that game over. He caught three balls for 17 yards. And then their big game against Atlanta, at Atlanta, uh, he caught one ball for nine yards. Oh, that's Amari. That's who I know. And then against New England, he caught four balls for 44. And at Baltimore, he caught three balls for 24 yards. And his catch rate is only 59%. So, He's been thrown 66 balls, and he's caught only 39 of them. Guess where that ranks in catch rate among only wide receivers? It's, it's 60th on a list of 75 wide receivers. He ranks 60th in catch rate right now. And pro football focus, I'm sorry, that CD's ranked 50. He's graded 15th to Amari's 28th. So right now, and, and they've always loved CD. Man, Man all, them dro- okay. all, all them drops when they okay. threw, when they threw, too many when they threw CD Lamb 14, what, 11, 12 balls, and he caught two. Okay, I got you. But let's hark back after the miraculous run that Dak and Amari made once he joined the team. They had one disaster on, remember, the Monday night the Tennessee game. That, that mm-hmm. was a bad start. And yeah. Dak tried to force the ball into the back of the end zone to Amari, who had just joined the team and maybe practiced once. Right. And um, what's the Tennessee safety? Bayard. Yeah, Bayard. He, he picked it in the back of the end zone and ended up running all the way out and doing a T.O. out on the logo, right, <laughs> at Jerry World. Okay, so after that, they took off. And I give you, they had some huge – the home game against Philadelphia that went overtime. overtime. It was spectacular what a dynamic duo they became. And then 2019 happened, and they had the three first games. Remember, this is when Dak was betting on himself right. against that – Evil Jerry Jones. Right. He's going to take him to the bank. 
And here we go. And your favorite all-time game, you're up in Denver rooting. You lost your voice rooting against my Cowboys from the box up in Denver. They were the all Jets. the way up against the Jets. They ended up losing 24. <laughs> it was 24 to 22 to mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. They lost to Sam yeah, Darnold. Yeah, he put, put one on him. Yeah, he put one on him. So, Amari caught one ball for three yards. He was game. hurt. And then I don't know what happened, but he came right back the next game at home, and he looked like a world beater. I don't know what happened. One ball for three yards. Then here we went to New England, and he's matched up against, at that point, the best corner in football and still one of the top yeah. corners in Stephon Gilmore. And it was a no-moss game. Amari, was he quit. He was hurt. He just flat out said, I can't. I go, give me, give me that long coat. I got it. It's cold up here in New right. England. It was like November 20-something. It was, like, it, it was it, snowing. It, yeah, was, it was dreary. And the final score was New England 13-9. to nine. They right. won that game. But he's over there st- standing in a long coat saying, I, I, Coach, I, I can't. I just can't be. He's too good for me. Which brings me to the final game that year with all the chips pushed to the middle of the NFC East table at Philadelphia in the cold on, I think it was December 22nd. Yeah. The Eagles won the game 17-9, to and it got so bad for Amari, who did wind up with four catches for only 24 yards. It got so bad in the fourth quarter. Jason Garrett was so upset with him. This is Jason Milktoast Garrett. He yanked him from the football game and said, you come over here and stand by me because you are half-heartedly running your routes right now. And remember the last big possession – it was Tavon Austin in the game in place of Amari Cooper right. because Jason Garrett just didn't look like he, – he didn't like the body language he yeah. saw from Amari Cooper who, for whatever reason, if you take him out of his home comfort zone and put him on the road, he's a bust, man. Well, Skip, how about this? How about instead of trying to say CD's one, why not have it like Miami? Miami's not interested in who's one or who's two. Jalen Waddle gets his catches. Tyree gets his catches. Okay, the or problem you- was Jerry – Caved and gave him 20 million yeah, bucks. Yeah. 20 million bucks. Yeah, and then last year, game after game, you're saying, well, he's not that good. He's not that good. Right. And Jerry loves him some CD. I do not disagree because Jerry sat there and his, was it his grandson? grandson. He's on his yacht. His grandson says, Granddad, you got to yeah. take. But here, the thing is, Skip, we, we know how Jerry feels about the guys he drafted. Yeah. There's a special, there's a special kind of bond. I, I got it. Now he's never going to love players that he traded for, yep. like he loved the players that he drafted. And sometimes he holds on to the players that he drafted a little too long. But you look at Amari and the way he can run and the things that he can do. Skip, he can like, like I said, I, I I don't know, I don't know what you know what's inside. Some I've seen some guys that got passion like Michael Irvin to play that position, and some guys are just quiet and, and just quiet, T- but still get that work done. To had huge passion yeah. for that position. He played with rage, right? And, and Amari just plays lifelessly. He 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 reverts only back to his God-given route running ability and cook him. Yeah, well he can textbook cook folks <laughs> and especially when he gets you on the run and they are front running he will cook you yeah. because there, there's no pressure you just keep running your routes and you're you got the advantage because you're just better than they are yeah. they're decimated in the secondary and look look what cleveland wound up doing it they put up 440 yards that, that's what jacoby no Brissett. Yeah. 440 yards to, to 229 really bad he's been, been really good. bad <laughs> lately and then he's with lisa after the game just crowing about what they've been doing well Enjoy the night because I'm not sure there are going to be many more of those. But the, the, the point is, I, I, I get what you're trying to say in the big picture, but if you look at the small picture from game to game to game, I just don't miss him because I believe 
remember we had the great Rob Ryan, Rex's yeah. twin brother, was sitting right here. Yeah. And, and he just threw up his hands when we were talking about Amari at Philadelphia. And he said, it's why John Gruden said no. John Gruden just said, your motor doesn't run hot enough for me. I just don't like the way you right. – it, it's why John loved Antonio Brown for a little while when he first got right. there to camp, remember, because – to Antonio's credit, nobody ever practiced any harder than Antonio. Right. He loved to play football, so he loved to practice football. Well, see, Amari says, well, see, when I show you passion, y'all call me a diva. I don't get out there. I'm not yelling and screaming. I'm not screaming on the sideline. I'm not throwing tablets. And now y'all say I have no passion. He's like, I can't win. He said, can I find a common ground? Can I find a middle ground and operate and go do my job and go home? Okay. So John Gruden said no, but he got in return a first-round pick. Yeah. Oh, that'll, that'll work. Right. And then Jerry Jones said no, but he got in return only a fifth-round pick. Right. Well, I don't love it because you would think just on pure reputation that you could get better than a fifth-rounder. Well, you but can't let were, it be known that you're trying to get rid no, of the guy. I, I got it. But it was, for them, addition by subtraction because, to your point, they needed to clear the, the decks for – um, CD, CD to rise and shine, yes. and that they needed to to clear the psychological decks because every time they went into a big road game, if he's your number one receiver, they couldn't trust him. It, it, it was negative. It, it's almost like Russell Westbrook, where where it becomes contagious, bad, and and Amari's lack of emotion and lack of uh, of playing with any kind of intensity, it became contagious bad for the whole offense. So Jerry said, I, I don't need that. CD plays with some passion and rage. Yeah. He does. But Amari, he, Amari catches the ball, he ain't going to do no. No, he's not going to do it. He ain't going to do nothing. No. Amari just, hey, just get up, no. hand the ball to the official, go back I, to the I, I got He's it. like, I do this all the time. This is what I do. I'm a professional. I'm a professional wide receiver which means I do this on the reg, so I'm not surprised at what's happening to you right now. Okay, so he's lifted the Cleveland Browns to what are they now, three and five? Oh, uh, Two and what five would, What would they be if they had number had four? If number four was their quarterback, I guarantee they wouldn't be three and five. Maybe. We'll, we'll see about that. There's no number question. four hadn't played football in two years. Well, he, hey, he, he go, what, three more weeks? I think, I think week 11, he can come back. They, they so reported last night on ESPN that he's now allowed yeah, he's back, back in the building. Yeah, he's facility. back in the building. Yeah, he's been able to come back to the building. Yep. I think we're about three weeks out. But, Skip, we'll you see. have to – and plus, there's no question. We know what the Browns are. The Browns are a running team, hence what we saw from Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb need to get some more love, too, Skip. I don't know what it is about Nick Chubb, but all I know is he be standing straight up. He ain't in no stands like a – hands on his hip. He does. And be running the ball down people. Th- that is a running football team. And Amari's putting up these numbers. He was sensational last night. I'm surprised that they don't throw the ball better considering the run game. Play action should always be open. Because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can both run the football. Yeah, Nick had 101 last night. They had 172. I was surprised Cincinnati didn't try to run it at all because Joe Mixon's pretty good, but they just went completely away, you can argue, because they fell behind. They fell behind, yeah. But with Nick Chubb, I will never forget that early scene in the hard knocks that year yeah. where he's, he's at the <laughs> they, airport. They left him at baggage plate. <laughs> they left him at baggage plate, and some Browns fan is standing next to him, and, and it's just making idle conversation right. while they're right, right. waiting for the carousel to drop the bags. And he said something about, what do you do? And he said, I I play for the Browns. (laughs) Oh, you play for the Browns? Yeah. What's your name? Nick Chubb. Oh. Oh, you're Nick Chubb. Chubb from the crib. So, yeah, yeah, but Skip, look, I I just think the thing is, and we're about to talk about it now with Odell, I can just imagine what y'all be cooking. Y'all be really cooking right now. If y'all had uh, uh, Mari and CD, Mm. 
I mean, now you got CD and Noah Brown. Really, Skip? Mm. That's what you're going to make this uh, deep clever. Don't forget about Michael Gallup, who can gallop. Oh, okay. Let's, okay, let's talk about Michael Gallup. Yeah, let's. Guys, that game for Amari with 131 yards, that was a season high for him and his third 100-yard receiving game of the season. Oh, you got three 100 yards? How, how many, how many for CD? Mm. How many CD got? I'll get back to you on that in just a second. I'll let you two debate this next one while I find that out because we've got the NFL trade deadline today for Eastern. The Cowboys might have other plans to add a receiver. We'll see. Jerry Jones says he admires Odell Beckham Jr. quote a lot, gentlemen. Stephen Jones says that Dallas is comfortable at wideout, but he did add there are some guys that don't belong to anybody that are still out there. All right, Shannon, can you see Skip's Cowboys signing Odell today? I don't. Um, the reports now like Odell probably won't be ready until early December. And that's what I was saying. Skip my timeline, uh, middle of November, late, uh, late November. And now they're talking about early December. Um, Odell wants a job. But Odell wants to go on some for money. And he wants to go to a team that's, that's contending. I believe the Cowboys have the type of team that can contend. Um, if, as long as their defense plays like their plays and their offense can give them a little something, they're going to, they're going to be right there in the mix. Um, but I, I just, I, I just don't see it. Uh, I know Jerry used to make splashes. That's not what he does anymore. Um, I heard him tell Clarence Hill that after, you know, I'd be willing to, to make a Dion type. Well, you could add up Von Miller. We're right there. You, that, that's when you make the deal. Dion was a free agent. You traded for Haley. Skip, in the way I you traded for Haley. That was because Carmen Ponce had, like your grandma said, boy, I washed my hands with this situation. They had washed their hands with Charles. They couldn't do anything else with him, Skip. They More was, trouble than worse. They said, wait. The mistake is you don't you trade, trade him to an up-and-comer within your conference. No. Okay. You feed him to the AFC. Yes. And if we meet, we meet y'all in the Super Bowl, which you damn sure not going to meet us in a playoff game to keep us from getting to our ultimate destination. Yep. Skip, if you look at I just don't see how they win a championship with Noah Brown as your number two receiver. The Cowboys rank 27th in passing yards, 190 yards a game. 190. Skip, in today's game, I don't know how you win a championship averaging 100 in the past, 190 passing yards per game. I just don't. I, 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 and, and, and Steven said, you know, we're good at wide receiver. Mm. Well, how? Mm. You make it seem like you got Miami's duo. You mm. don't. Mm. You make it seem like you got Minnesota's duo. You don't. Like you got Philly receivers. You don't. So I don't know what he meant by he said we're good at wide receiver. Skip, Michael Gallup had uh, 135 yards on a touchdown. Dalton Schultz is third, uh, uh, 203, zero touchdown. Noah Brown has 339 yards, one touchdown. CD has 556 and three touchdowns. You got six touchdowns, five touchdowns. Mari got that by himself. Mm. No, Mari got by himself. Mari got that by himself. And you forgot they was missing in Joku last night. Mm. So just imagine they had him to open that thing up. Amari might have had 200. Mm. Another tub. Well, maybe in Joku would have gotten those <laughs> But I, I don't skip. I, I don't. I, I, I don't see. Look, look, December. So what? That's another month away. That's another four games. And then it's going to take Odell some time because he ain't been playing football. You can do all the running on the tra- skip. You can do all the running on the treadmill you want. You can do all the drills you want. You get in shape for playing football by playing football. I agree. Okay, my turn. I have poo-pooed this from the start. I have 
I've actually fought against this from the start because I'm not the biggest Odell fan. You sure not? Actually, you're a hater, but okay, go ahead. I wouldn't classify me as a hater. I, I think he has a big, good heart. Sometimes his head doesn't sort of match his heart, but I think he's grown up, and I like the way he conducted himself, especially through the playoffs with the Rams, and he became a catalyst, not down the stretch of the regular season, but in the playoffs, yeah. he became a catalyst opposite the best receiver in professional football, the triple crown winning Cooper Cup, commanded, demanded such attention, especially in big playoff games, that it allowed Odell just to frolic against single coverage, and he's still pretty good. I don't think he's really anywhere near what he, what he used to be. But I'm going to remind you what happened. As you well know, if we could see it right now, it was Sunday night, November 23rd of 2014, Dallas at New York football (laughs) Giants. It was early in the second quarter, and this happened. And it went 43 yards from Eli over Brandon. One hand on you. Look at that. It's pass interference and what Chris Collinsworth immediately called the greatest catch in NFL history. It was some kind of catch. Show out, why don't you, Odell? Show out on him. He, he didn't really need to show out anymore because that, that didn't just put him on the map. That made him, in many people's eyes, the most spectacular receiver in the history of football. And he started to put on better shows pregame than he did during games after he made the greatest catch ever. But that, by the way, put the New York football giants up 14-3. to But guess who ended up winning the football game? Y'all the Dallas Cowboys won 31-28. to So the greatest catch ever contributed to a big L against your division rival. But it put Odell on the international social media map. That's that's what it did. And he has run with that. He's run with it more off the field than he has on the field. And he was involved in lots of incidents, as we know, on the field and kind of flamed out in New York. And then it was ill-fated, him and Baker with the Browns. We could go on and on about whose fault it was, but he, he went through three surgeries with the Browns. And then, God bless the man, he, he's on the biggest stage he's ever been on in the Super Bowl, and, and he's just running across the field, and he steps wrong. I don't know what happened, right. but it's a non-contact, and it blew up again. Yep. It's the same knee that blew up. Okay, so I don't know what, what does he have left. Will that knee ever come back? I don't know. The surgeries are getting so good now, although we're going to talk about Kawhi, and that's been an issue, big issue with him coming out of surgery. But is it possible Odell, at still 29 years of age, could be a little better than he was before the surgery? I believe believe Odell is better than Noah Brown. I believe he's better than Jalen Tolbert. I don't know necessarily if he's healthy. I believe healthy, healthy Odell is better than CD. I'm not saying he's going to be better than CD two years from now, but right now. He is not better than CD. Healthy he is. That's ridiculous. Healthy he is. And and by the way, you keep scoffing at Noah Brown. When Cooper Rush took the reins, all of a sudden Noah Brown, his scout team partner, rose and shown and was spectacular against the Cincinnati Bengals and spectacular at the Giants and against the Rams. He's a guy. I don't think he's just a guy, even though he was once upon a time, like you, a seventh-round draft choice. Yeah, he's a guy. Uh, I'll take him, especially if Cooper Rush gets forced back into action. All of a sudden, he'll be (laughs) C.D. Lamb. (laughs) You're talking about Noah Brown like he's Justin Jefferson when he teams over Cooper Rush. Noah Brown, hey, I've seen him in college one night at Norman, Oklahoma. Boy, he put on a show. Everybody shows. does that. I got 
about it. I know you did at Savannah State, but this was the Ohio State against Baker Mayfield and the Sooners in Norman on Saturday night TV. Y'all hadn't played defense since the 80s. Well, and look what <laughs> stinking Lincoln's doing now at USC. They don't play a lick of defense. So they put up 42 at Utah, and they give up 43. What yeah. did I tell you? Yeah. That's who he is. Yeah. Okay, I got it. But Baker went to the Ohio State the next year, early in September, and put on a show and planted the flag on them. Okay, way to go, Noah Brown. But the point is, the breadcrumbs keep dropping in Dallas along this trail that leads to Odell. <laughs> and when, when Jerry says, what was his quote about great respect that he has for, uh, he's a player I admire a lot, okay? And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, wait a second, Stephen, who's, who's pretty much in charge right now. Yeah. And then there are some guys that don't belong to anybody that are still out there. Aha, uh-huh. when they're talking about making a splash right. trade. You don't today. have to trade for anybody, you oh, have free agents. Oh, well, there's one for, yeah, sure, for sure, right? Okay, so. They might go get A.B. They're not going to go get A.B. But they, <laughs> I, I'm starting to lean toward they're going to go get Odell because they do have cap room. They could pay him a little more than a minimum, and he's going to require yeah. something of some substance. So now that I'm a, I'm a, little ther- I'm a therapist, mm-hmm. how would that make you feel if they went and got Odell? Okay. As a third receiver, <laughs> I will take him. Second receiver. Third receiver. Second. Why not? I got CD. I got Gallup. And then Odell is a number three he would be back in his comfort zone. He went to the Rams as a number three, and he shows up on a Friday, and, and what happened? And graduated number two overnight. Yeah, and he, how'd he look? Yeah, because Robert Woods blew out his knee in a Friday practice? He did. You're kidding. Or the walkthrough. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay, so here's what I know about Odell. He didn't fit in Cleveland. He never wanted to be in Cleveland, and I, he, he, he is a big apple kind of guy. He was born to be in New York or L.A. or... Born to play for America's team in the capital of pro football, which is Dallas, Texas. It just is. It's, it's yeah. what everybody watches. What is the team that knocks the top off the ratings every year? The top five ratings in every pro football season will belong to Jerry Jones, I mean, Dallas Cowboys. You go to the Demolition Derby on Friday night and the stands are packed. All right. People the, like the crashes. Okay. All right. So we know you're going to crash. Okay, you could be right about that, but they are always the most interesting team, and they're the most public team. They're on the biggest stage. There's something about loving to love or hate the Dallas Cowboys. The latter. Okay, Odell, he was actually born to be a Dallas Cowboy. Seriously. and if Odell's a winner. Y'all ain't won nothing in 27 years. What was the stat? When the last time y'all made it to the championship game? 27 years ago. Okay, then. <laughs> this is going to be the <laughs> things, year. Things were a lot different. Okay, all right. But think about this. O- Odell, one last big career stop could be with Dallas, and I'd be fine with that because what, what did he choose last year? He says, I'm not going back to New Orleans, back to my hometown, because all of a sudden there's no Michael Thomas. I don't want to be seen as a number no one No quarterback there. either. I, I don't want to have to go here or there and become a number one. I – I don't want that pressure. You want you want you want Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill, or do you want Matthew Stafford uh, throwing you the ball? Well, do you want to go be a savior for your hometown? No, nah, I don't want to be no savior. Okay. No, nah, the savior already came. He came what a thousand years ago. And all of a sudden, after Odell had talked to our friend Lil Wayne and said, "Well, it's between New Orleans and Green Bay," and I think it was, and then all of a sudden the Rams pop into the picture, and he's like, "Wait a second, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills mm-hmm. swimming pool and movie star." Yep. Remember, it's like That's Beverly Hillbillies, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's thinking. Oh, 
Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and then me, no pressure. I can just skate right in there and fit right in as the number three. Well, and if I go to Green Bay, old finger pointing, going to be like, man, yeah. you're not you, you're not Devontae Adams. You don't know the offense already, and I just got here two minutes, and they okay. expect me to know all the checks and everything. All right. So let me, go, let me go to the Rams. I know Sean McVay, creativity. He's going to fight. It's going to take me a while to knock the rust off because I've been – Rusting. I've been out in the rain in Cleveland, okay. right. so I'm a little rusty. Okay, and yet, in the end, what does Jerry Jones live for? Box office. Marquee name well, been, value. Y'all, been, guess what? Y'all been putting out some flops. Y'all movies been flopping for 27 years straight. Y'all ain't had a blockbuster since the Titanic. We are the Titanic above sea right now because we're six and two. And I don't see any icebergs on the and, horizon. And what, and what place I see 13 and four. I see smooth sailing. And what place are you in in your division? Huh? Are you at number one? Are you six and two? And where are you? We just rose into second place. Okay, Thank you, you very much. So y- y'all because we beat the Giants, That's okay. if you recall. Eagles, right? And the Eagles got the Texans Thursday night. Yep. And they should win that game. They're going to win every game until Christmas Eve. And then we got them. They're going to get y'all again, too. Well, no, they're not going to get yeah. Okay, how, what do you want to do? I'll do it right now. Right here, right now. Give me the point. There's no you point. Give the point. Have the courage the of your convictions. You do all that talking. You, you, you are the that. front runner. You got Jalen Hurts. You got A.J. Brown. You, you got lemon from heaven. I do. Okay, then. That's Look, exactly well, give what me, okay, I have. Then, well, give me the points. I'm not going to give you the points. I'll do 10 cases right here, right now, straight up. Give me the points. That's what I thought. You were at – I'm at a disadvantage. Home. I'm the underdog. You know what? There's no points to give because the points are going to be given to Philadelphia. No, they're not. They're going to be a point and a half favorite. Y'all will be favorite. Okay, Y'all will you be give favorite, me huh? the points? No. Whatever the spread is, I'll take it. Whatever it is no. right now, I'll do give me, it. Give me three and a half right now. Three and a half? Whatever the line says. Philly might go undefeated. Okay. They I'm, might be the 72 Dolphins. They're going to beat y'all. I don't care about no undefeated, just as long as they beat y'all this time around. I have already booked it. We were going to wreak revenge. Yeah, That's what we're going to do. Yep. Ooh, Jalen Hurts. Ooh, okay. A.J. Brown cooking now. Cooking. Oh, he cooking. Because I can just imagine. Hey, Jalen threw three of the be- most beautiful dimes. balls. Dimes. I mean, they were dropping dimes. Stephon Diggs don't want another A.J. Nope. Batman. Nope. Batman. I agree. Odell, welcome to Dallas. And Slim, and I'll, Slim Man. Devontae going to be cooking with uh, uh, okay. Brown on the other side, yeah. too. Yeah, wonder how many Odell will catch against Philly. Maybe he'll have five for 75, something like that. Dallas Garner going to yeah. be cooking that, going to mm. cook a wolf hunter? Mm. No, uh-uh. We the got three good tight ends. Guys, will be three. full blast. Oh, and they got Robert Quinn now? Until that we trade deadline at 4 p.m. Eastern. Another <laughs> one I'll throw out there, Skip. Some people are saying Odell to the 49ers. Can you imagine him and Christian McCaffrey on the same team? (sighs) All right. So, yes, indeed. Today is the NFL trade deadline, but it could be your Lakers, Shannon, actually making moves. (laughs) We're talking about Russell Westbrook here. Skip and Shannon dive into the latest in that situation when we come back. When it comes to travel, We all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right, Cabo 
is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. All right, so yes, we know the Lakers and Pacers stepped away from the idea of trading Russell Westbrook and draft capital for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. However, Turner says the Lakers should revisit the idea of trading for him. This was on the Woj podcast. The center said, look, I provide leadership, shot blocking, three-point ability, and playmaking. Shannon, would this, could this happen? I doubt it. Um, Miles Turner clearly doesn't want to be in, doesn't want to be in, um, in Indy any longer. Um, he's going to be wanting a, a, a contract, and uh, they seem to be unwilling to give him the contract that he's seeking. Skip, they had all offseason. It's just hard for me to see them, especially now since they put Russ in a new role. He seems to be accepting of that role. He seems to be flourishing in that role. I hardly think they're going to revisit this anytime soon. They want to see another 10, 15 games of Russ playing in this role. Okay, is this a new home? Is this something that we can build on? So now I, don't, I, don't, I think it's less likely. We understand what, who Miles Turner is. He's a two-time block champ. He normally shoots around 34 35% from the three, although he's down this year shooting 27% from the three, but he's missed 65 games between 20 and 2022. And so he's only played three games this season. So, look, the last thing they need is another injured big man. We, we deal with AD every time he jumps up and then he grabs his back and he moves like he – AD's 28, but he moves like he's 58. And so for me, Skip, I don't see it happening. I doubt it's going to happen if it were to happen anytime soon, but I don't see it happening now because you had a whole the entire offseason – to get something done. Now you put Russ in a new role. He's kind of thriving in that role. And I know, Skip, it's only two games. But this is the happiest and the freest I've seen Russ play in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to probably ride this out for a little while. Which is why I'm with you. It feels like this trade is way off the table because all of a sudden he has turned into Russell West bench. <laughs> all of a sudden it looks like he's at least early on, on his way to winning sixth man of the year. Yep. So he has a new goal. I'll be the sixth man of the year. I'll right. be the next Manu Ginobili. I, I will come in with the expectations, at especially at home, to ignite instead of people gasping and saying, no, don't shoot. It'll be like, yeah, Russ yeah. is in the game, yep. right? Applaud him, yep. Maybe, what, six minutes left in the first quarter, somewhere mid-first quarter. Here he comes. Yes. And here they go. Yep. Off to the races. And it looked like Russ balked at the role and pouted over the role when he got thrown into that last preseason game. Right. And then all of a sudden, Darvin Ham convinced him, just, just try it. Embrace it one night and let's see what happens. And he did. And it, it, he still did a lot of 
Russell West Brickian right. kind of things, like wild turnovers. And I, I guess not, Skip. He's found a way to get warm since he's not starting. I don't Remember know how before, he did that. He couldn't, he couldn't, he didn't know what to do. No, he said he didn't. <laughs> but I, I think he used the exercise bike up in right. the tunnel. I, I don't know, but he did it. And especially the other night, he ignited. And the, the most stunning stat of the year for the Lakers so far is that against Denver, again, at the crypt at home, Russell Westbrook led the, the, the whole game with a plus 18, and yeah. LeBron was a minus one. Yep. You can make the case that Russell Westbrook actually saved LeBron from going, what would that make him, 0-6, oh, right? Saved mm -hmm. him from going 0-6 because LeBron came out flat, missed his first four little layup shots underneath yep. the basket, and then had a wild three miss at the end of the half. And you look up, and wait a second, mm -hmm. they have stormed back, and yep. they are taking control of the game. And they continued to storm all through. And it was led mostly by Westbrook. I thought Austin Reeves played very right. well in his role, just going along. Lonnie Walker came yep. in and gave it to me. He did. Skip, and even though they lost the game, what was that, Friday night to Minnesota, he played well the I, first time coming off the bench. I thought he'd done an unbelievable it just, job. It was just wild because he still shot. Poorly, especially late, like the later guy, the more he six reverted out back. Of Nineteen, and he had five wild, like sadly comical. But he had eighteen points. He's averaged eighteen points, uh, shooting thirty-seven percent from the three, eight rebounds, five assists. As a starter, he was ten points a game, eight percent from three. It had a minus sixteen as a plus minus. And what was the other night? Eighteen, 18. eight, and eight. Mm -hmm. Eighteen, mm -hmm. eight, and eight. That rolls off the tongue, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. and it looked like, I mean. I don't know how, but he got voted. He's a top 75 player, yeah. and most people think he's slam dunk first ballot yeah. Hall of Famer. So if you can sort of – he's like reborn now in this new role, if you will, coming off the bench where, where he's found a second career salvation. You know, maybe – I don't know, maybe this is going to go. But all of a sudden, to me, even though this story caught fire last night, it, it just feels like – it's starting to fade because could you use Miles Turner and Buddy Hill? Sure, you could. Because maybe, maybe Skip, maybe you could probably put Miles Turner in the starter lineup, play him at the five, put AD at his you natural could. position where he really and truly wants to play. He ain't really trying to bang I with a yoke, a Joel Embiid, or those big guys no. like that. And and Miles Turner, to your point, he will block some yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he had two blocks last night. And Skip, the Lakers are really good. They're, they're a good defensive team, um, uh, so he could help them. Points and second chance points, re rebounding. Um, I hope I, I think his uh, his three point percentage will come up. I don't believe he shoots twenty seven percent for the whole three. I think he'll he'll revert back to kind of where he was, like a thirty four thirty five percent shooter. But I think now Rob Palenka skipped because they said he wanted to see him by Thanksgiving. Okay, they put Russ in this role. I think now there's a reluctancy to do anything. Well, let's let's see how it works. Yep. We thought Russ was going to be in the starting role, but now we might have found a role for him. So this might work for us. Okay, and as you know, we pointed this out a thousand times. All that Jeannie Buss has left in her long-term vault are those two unprotected first-round picks, yeah. 27 and 29. 19, I'm not 19, 2027 20, 20, and 2029. And the point is, if they're unprotected, they could be stars. They, they could yeah. be superstars. And the way Russ was going in the starting lineup, he'd become such a liability that if you – you give away those two picks just to get rid of $47 million and Russell Westbrook, yeah. then you could look 10 years from now, you could just look like fools. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I agree, Skip. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to move him. I think they're going to keep him in this role. I think Russ thrives in this role right here. Now, where that takes him, I don't know. I don't think they're contending. Even with Russ in this role, I don't think they're contenders. The West is loaded. The NBA, I mean, even when you look at the East, uh, it's still loaded. 
I just don't see them. I just don't think they have enough shooting. I think they can play defense good enough. I don't think they can shoot the ball well enough to, to contend. Okay, the truth is, in the end, they're going to go as LeBron goes. Yeah. And what's he got left in year 20? I'm not sure. Right. I haven't seen explosion from him yet. I see it in spurts. But, Skip, he's he not – that's AD. They got AD. AD's supposed to be the top dog now. LeBron's supposed to be second, you know, hey, AD, you got this. going to get me 35-40 tonight. And he's supposed to be able to take the night off and give you 15-20. He can't take the night off. Okay. Final points on Miles Turner. I love these quotes from yesterday on the Woj podcast. Miles Turner said, I just feel like here in the Midwest, we don't get the love that I think we deserve. Okay, fair enough. But he goes on to say, you are under a microscope out there in the West. Are you ever? You have no idea exactly. the microscope because <laughs> you've never felt the Nothing. microscope. Nothing like this. And he adds... Playing alongside LeBron, I feel like he demands a certain level of excellency. Well, it's, it's not that he demands it. Everybody, Everybody <laughs> demands it because they're saying he needs help. He's in year 20. Okay, you're on, Miles. Right. Yeah. Come and help LeBron. Okay, <laughs> yep. and the, the spotlight tends to go and, and melt the guy next to him. Yes. Ask Russ. If, if Miles Turner could sit down with Russ right now and get Russ on, like, lie detection, just blurt the truth, he'd say, Stage, I, I lived, I grew up wanting to be on this stage, and all of a sudden this stage ate me alive. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, playing opposite of LeBron as the scapegoat to the quote-unquote goat ate me up last year. Mm -hmm. My family was miserable. My wife was miserable. My kids were miserable. I, I don't know. Skip, Miles Turner's never had to play with the expectation to be great on a nightly basis. <sighs> like you said, that's the Indiana. Okay, if you make the playoffs, fine. If you don't, that's okay, too. That's not ever going to be the case when you're with the if Lakers. You and then you're playing beside a, a historically great player? Hey, if you have an off game in Indianapolis, yeah, maybe you get some talk show blowback. But it's just not that big a deal. Nobody cares outside of the city limits of Indianapolis or maybe, maybe within that confines right. of the state. But the point is, out here, everybody cares from coast to coast. Yeah, you, Miles, Turner, Miles Turner have a, a 0 for 10 game in Indiana. It's only going to make the headlines in Indiana. You play alongside LeBron James and go over. Ask Russ. When Ask he went him. over for a level to get the Clippers to see what happened. Ask him. I, I, hey. <laughs> every is, talk show. Not just in L.A. Every talk show. This stage here is be careful what you wish for. Exactly. Stage. It's the ultimate. It's what underscores this stage. Be careful what you wish for. That's why the greats, when they can play on a big, when you play, and this is not a knock on any, but when you play in New York or you play in L.A. or you play for historically great franchises where the expectation, you play in Boston, that's a different level of expectations. You play in L.A., not only the market, but the team in and of itself. That's a whole different animal. Then you throw the LeBron factor on top of the tradition of Showtime, and now you got, oof, you got <laughs> issues, man. Miles Turner had seven points, five boards, gentlemen, in the Pacers' loss to the Nets last night. Got to wonder if those comments suspected that team chemistry at all. <laughs> all right, still to come this morning. Our chemistry's pumping. Why is LeBron no longer a Cowboys fan? Skip That's and Shannon. You got smart. Let's good jump into that question. one on the other side of the spring. Got tired of them losing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so LeBron James has been rooting for the Dallas Cowboys for years. But when asked by Maverick Carter on Instagram Live if he was still a fan, LeBron said he's out on them. 
LeBron Charity did not like how the Cowboys' front office handled players kneeling during the national anthem in protest of racial inequality and police brutality. Shannon, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess you have no problem with LeBron's explanation as to why he's no longer a fan of Skip's Cowboys. Absolutely no problem with it. LeBron has been very consistent and shown us his dedication to activism and social issues, Skip. I mean, in 2020, he said every single day, I hope I make uh, Cap proud on how I live my life, not only on the basketball floor, but off the floor. I always want to speak out against things that I feel are like are just. I always want to be ed- I want to be educated on things and go about it the right way. So I, I can see that. It's kind of like anything. When you feel that this company it doesn't have uh, uh, it could coincide with what you believe in, you just move away from said company. Mm. I think there's not enough people to do that. I think sometimes we see these restaurants and they say things and they do things. Like, oh, I got to have my chicken. Why, oh, man, I love, hey, man, hey, they wear some good old clothes. You defeat the purpose. So they don't have any reason not to say something that's inflammatory or not to treat you a certain way because guess why? Because they know you're going to come back and you're going to uh, uh, patronize their restaurant or you're going to buy their merch. LeBron said, nah, nah, I, I like the Cowboys. Probably skip LeBron, 84. So he was like 10, 11 years old when the Cowboys were at their apex in the mid-90s, Skip. You know, 92, 93, 95. He was a, a man. Cowboy was on TV. John Madden and, and, and Mr. Summerall, when they showed up, and they, 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 and they showed up every week, to the Cowboys game because the Cowboys were hell that week, that, mm-hmm. that year. So they were either at the Cowboys game or the Packers game seeing Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. And so they would, you were inundated by that. And it's like, nah, I don't like it. Bro, you see what's going on. You see what that man doing. The man told you why he was taking a knee. This is a peaceful form. Mm-hmm. He said he's trying to bring attention to the plight that black men are going through, black men and women are going through in America. And you say that well, they do it on your watch, you're going you're gonna to cut them, they can't play for you? Nah, I can't get down with that. So I ain't got no problem with it. I don't have any problem with it, but it's proof positive once and for all that LeBron's just a bandwagon rider as a fan. Look, I did not love Jerry Jones' my way or the highway stance against kneeling, even though Jerry came out before that Monday night game at Arizona and kneeled for about two seconds with the team before the national anthem. Remember that? Yeah. Sort of a show of support and it was a show of nothing. I'll be the first to admit it smacked a plantation mentality, Mm -hmm. and I don't love any of all of the above about Jerry Jones. But I cannot help myself. LeBron can because he's just riding the bandwagon that was built in the 90s. I got born into this. I was 10 years old when my uncle called from Dallas, Texas. I was up in Oklahoma City. You got to come to a game, watch this new team here. They were in their second year. Mm -hmm. And... Finally, I got to go down there. I was in fourth grade, and I went to a game at the old Cotton Bowl, and I went to see the team I was rooting for because we only got the St. Louis Cardinals games (laughs) in Oklahoma City. Uh And I went to see my team, and I fell in love with the other team. And it got in my blood, and it got in my soul, and I can't help myself. I am lifelong. I am diehard, and I can't help it. I, there are a lot of things I don't love about Jerry Jones owning and operating my Dallas Cowboys, but it, it doesn't matter in the long run to me because I can't remove him. I've said a thousand times, I wish that owners had to run for re-election. Like yeah. every four years, <laughs> you got to you could vote them in or oh, out. Jerry had been gone. Okay, he would have been gone a long time ago because <laughs> it's been 27 years since we played in an NFC championship game, right? Okay, and some of the things he stands for I don't love. I, I could go on and on. I can't help it. It is America, and it's free market economy, right. and 
He's a billionaire who owns the most valuable team in all of sport, in the whole oh, world yeah. of sports. Well, so how can I get him out of there? I can't. can't. He's going to hand it down to Steven, who's going to hand it down to his son, who's going to hand it down to his oh, son. It's going to be in the Jones family forever. Forever. I mean, just forever. So I, I'm stuck. This is, And the mentality will get handed down from generation. I think Absolutely. sometimes it gets – sometimes the apple does fall farther from the tree, but uh, pro- probably not. Right. Okay. But for LeBron – he jumped on the bandwagon in the 90s, and it's easy to jump off because it's not in his soul. It's not, it's not he could just say, man, I didn't love that. I, I get it. I'm, I'm with him. I didn't either. But, but it, he could just flip the switch and say, no, I'm out. I'll go back to the Browns. Well, you should have never left the Browns. Right. He once attended a, a Cleveland Browns game. I saw it. With an Emmitt Smith jersey. With an Emmitt Smith jersey on. You can't do it. He once attended a Cleveland, then, you know, the other nickname, a playoff game right. with a Yankee hat on. Right. You can't. Right. Sorry. It's, it's just not It's just not right. And you know in your soul it's not right. So, now he's back on the Browns bandwagon, I guess. After last night, he may be driving the bandwagon. But I thought last year he was on the Rams bandwagon. Drove them all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he right? was at the game. Huh? I mean, I mean, most times, most guys will adopt the city that they're in. So wherever city that you are, you become, because that's just the thing to do. I mean, everybody does that. I don't necessarily believe that Dak is a Rangers fan, but he shows up to the Rangers game. I don't know if he's a Mavericks fan, but he goes to Mavericks game. That's just that's just the way it is. I mean, if you're a professional athlete in the city, more times than not, you okay, show but up. You and might you, be going to see the opponent. You, you might be. But yeah. I, but I'm saying, Skip. But you don't, you know, you like I'm saying. I was surprised that LeBron showed up to a Cleveland game with an Emmitt Smith jersey on. I was that was very surprising to me, also. Uh, but like I said, I think he when when you're a young kid and you're like you said, the Cowboys left an impression on you. They were terrible, but they left an impression on you. They, and, they did because of the jerseys. <laughs> it was it was the star, the, star. And the helmet, and the big white stars on the shoulder. On the shoulder, yeah. Right. A lot of times they wear those jerseys for Thanksgiving. They break those out for Thanksgiving. That's their throwbacks. Yeah, and and they did that weird set where the linemen stood up, yeah, and go back in down unison, to, and go yeah. back down into uh-huh. their stance before they snapped. I thought that's pretty cool. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And all of a sudden, little Eddie LeBaron at about five seven is running around making plays, and Bob Hayes is making plays up the field. I'm saying, I love this team, mm-hmm. and I still do. Right. And I can't help it because I, I can't stop what he doesn't do as the owner. He, he gave us the three Super Bowls, and now what have you done for me lately? Well, it's not even – that's laughable. Skip, this, no. is what, this is what Jerry loses me. He says, that's the great thing about America. Everybody has, has a difference. If our players are there, they are sensitive to and respect what America is as it relates to the flag. What exactly is America when it relates to that flag? It's a good question. Well, people to drape themselves in that flag in a moment mm-hmm. and call you the N-word mm-hmm. and do everything they possibly can to keep you in your I place agree. while they got that flag draped on them. I agree. And they want everybody to respect. That flag means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, Jerry Jones. That flag has been very great to you. But it hadn't been that way to a lot of people. But you want to force that. Well, this is what it means to me. That's what it means to you. But what Colin Kaepernick was saying before the George Floyd and come to find out everything that the man spoke about, guess what happened? Yep. It came to bear fruit. And I was like, well, man, man, if, if Captain Cap told you why he did what he did, yep. but you didn't want to hear it. You didn't want to listen to it. And then you try to suppress your own players because they say, we black, Jerry, we black men. And when we out there on the street, we ain't got no uniform on. We ain't got no stars out of our helmet, so we're going to get treated differently okay. when we in sweatpants. I got it. 
Jerry is friendly with Donald Trump. Robert Kraft. He is, donated to his, he donated on the Shell Corporation. Okay, he, okay. Mr. Kraft. Uh, okay, uh, and look, y- your friends are who you are. Yep. But you know what that guy. You know what that guy is. You know what he said about as whole countries. You know what he said about black men and women. Mm-hmm. You know what he's done. You know. What he said. You know. And but my thing is, Skip. I mean, you know, I just, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't. Okay, I don't. But get remember, it. during the kneeling period, Jerry is also concerned about the mostly white, maybe all white CEOs who run all those companies who sponsor his business, right? Who, what about the flag? Okay, I, I got the flag it, for but the you know he was getting phone calls from those white CEOs saying, Jerry, you got to stop this. Mm-hmm. bad for business, mm-hmm. right? People are going to say, no, I'm not going to buy that product. Anymore. Really? You, that's White okay. people going to say that. Well, there you go. Okay, so I'm with LeBron on all the above, but if he really had cowboys in his heart and soul, if he was just lifelong diehard, he, he just wouldn't be able to, to give it up. Sometimes, Skip, you have to be willing to give up things. And that's what I said. And that's that's what I want our people to get, because sometimes people or organizations will disrespect us. And because they make a great product, man, I can't live without that. But we see other people. They'll give it up in a minute. That's one thing. They'll stick together. They're their groups. They will stick together. The hell with that. I don't yeah. care how comfortable that shoe is. I don't care how good that food tastes. I'm not patronizing that restaurant because you were disrespectful to my race of people or to my nationality. That ain't what we do. We'll turn up, man, man, I've been eating fried chicken. And man, I've been wearing this and I've been wearing that for so long because we don't stick together. So we don't stick together. We lose all our power. Okay, those are wise words. But if you look deeper and deeper into everything that you consume, it, it's at, at its base, it, it might have the same problems of the ones you have problems with right now. Yeah. The problems are everywhere. After a while, w- what can you consume, right? Right. But if I, but like I said, I look, I, I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna stop eating said food. I'm just gonna go somewhere else and get it from. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna wear a sweater. I'm just not gonna buy from the organization that was, that that had a racist image or, or was derogatory to be of my people. That's okay. all I'm saying. I'm not saying go naked. I'm not saying don't eat. Just go somewhere else and get it. I hear you. I agree. Well, LeBron said he is still fans of certain players like Micah Parsons. Yeah, he's he, Bradley Micah. He He'll be CD cheering Lamb for them. CD Lamb. I don't know what he's talking about, CD. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple of receivers. LeBron, I'm going to put out there for you so you go to. Like Amari Cooper. <laughs> uh, Cooper uh, oh, okay, Cooper we're not Luke. going back there. We're not going back there. <laughs> Guys, the Nets did have a win last night. What does it mean for their team? Finally, about time. Got to get your thoughts on that on the other side of this break. Over to the NBA now. The Nets beat the Pacers 116 to 109 last night. That brings Brooklyn to 2 and 5 on the season. With six and a half minutes left in the game, the Pacers did go on a run. They tied things up at 100. However, the Nets were able to pull away. Durant had 36 points. Kyrie contributed 28 points. And Ben Simmons missed the game due to left knee soreness. Shannon, what did this matchup last night tell you about the Nets? Nothing I didn't already know. They still don't play defense. They had a 24-point lead in the fourth quarter, Skip. And Indiana came all the way back to tie the game up, as you mentioned, at 100. Mm. Um, and the thing is, because you don't play defense, they did a better job of rebounding the basketball. I think they were plus one in the rebounding category last night. But any off-shooting night, they're done. Mm. And you got to hope that KD and Kyrie give you these type of numbers, Skip. Every, if KD and Kyrie ever have an off night, off night they're getting blown out by 20. 
I mean, KD gave, KD gave you 36, Kyrie gave you 28. So that's 64 points between those two. And that's what they got to give you on a nightly basis. It also shows Ben Simmons didn't play last night. So finally he got an opportunity to play five-on-five five offensive basketball. Mm. Even though Joe Harris was not spectacular, he was able to add something. You got to respect him when he's on the court. You're not respecting Ben Simmons on the offensive end. So for me, I didn't tell, it didn't tell me anything that I didn't already know. I know they have two elite-level scorers that are in their prime and can score against anybody and will score against anybody. But defensively, they're not very good. They got a, a nine, nine, 9 of 11 shooting night from Nick Claxton. But I, you shouldn't have left that game thinking any different about the Nets than you did entering that game. They still mm-hmm. don't play defense. They're still a small team. They're still going to get out-rebounding on most nights. They might win out of 82 games. They might win the rebounding battle. Ten times, maybe. Mm. But I didn't learn anything I didn't already know about the Nets. They did win the rebound battle by one last <laughs> they night did. over they the did. lowly Pacers. They won it by one they because KD decided, I'm seven feet tall. Maybe I should try on the backboard. The other night, nine. I think he had five. Right? Okay, so he got nine rebounds, and they won by one. One rebounds by one. Okay, the first shock of the night was that I look up, First quarter, I'm like, wait, where's Ben Simmons? Oh, he's on the bench in street clothes, and he looked very content on that bench. <laughs> he was, to use your phrase, key, key, keying a lot on the bench with whomever was on the bench at that time, right. whether Kyrie or Kevin or whoever it was. And he looked like he was much happier cheerleading and clapping than being, than, on, the than being on the floor because there's no pressure, there's no expectation. Ex- Excuse me, expectation because he got the night off. Right. And he was loving it. Right. Which is scarier and scarier because it's just eating him alive out there on the floor with Kevin and Kyrie trying to live up to what what he used to be, which was a three-time all-star and a two-time first-team all-defense. All right. So – they didn't have Seth Curry again. He tried to play two, you know, two Come games ago, and then he couldn't go. And they don't have P.J. Warren yet. but I'm sorry, T.J. Warren. But in the end, it came down to this for the, new, the uh, Brooklyn Nets. This is how bad it got. If we could see what happened with it's 5.59 to go in the game, and all of a sudden the the game had gotten tied at 100 and Kevin Durant comes down and does what he does so well. If we'd see the shot that he made a little pull up from the, I think it's from the baseline side. Yeah. He pulls up. That's just unstoppable. When he's in rhythm, you can't guard that. So I'm watching via NBA TV, the Nets telecast featuring the great Ian Eagle who goes pretty crazy to the point that that he responded as if Kevin had made a game seven kind of a shot yeah. because it felt like that because they're teetering on extinction yes. already early in the year. Yes. So Ian's call was like, wow, it was a great shot. Well, it was. Under the circumstances, it was a great clutch shot. Right. Okay, so now down the stretch, it has come to this for the Brooklyn Nets. Guess who played much, very close to all the fourth quarter? He played almost 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. Would you believe that Utah Watanabe played all that? Guess why he played so much of the fourth quarter? Why does Steve Nash keep him on the floor? Because he's one net who actually cares about playing on the defensive yeah. end. So if we could see what happened to Utah Watanabe, what, what he did uh, late in the game, to Halliburton. Halliburton tries to drive in, and this this is still a very this is a three point game at this point. And he drives in, and Watanabe was the one 
who father. And as he walks over, Steve Nash goes right to him and high fives right. for, for that play because he actually made a defensive play right. on Halliburton who can torment them. Okay, and then we go down to the other end, and Kyrie, to his credit, he did what he always does. It's still game hanging in balance. Yeah. It's, it's um, what is it, 41.9 seconds left. And if we see the, the running sort of right-handed floater that Kyrie makes, th- this is the final nail in the coffin. This is the dagger. Gives it to Kyrie, goes up and under. Okay, that's vintage. That's like that's Rucker Park. I mean, like, I got this, right? Fake, step Fake, through. step through, and up and over. Boom. Okay, it, it, how many times have you seen that? Right. Okay, that's what he does, and he will do it under pressure yes. when it's time. Yes. Okay, so it took Kevin making a big shot, then Kyrie making a big shot, and Watanabe playing defense on Halliburton for them to pull this game out. Well, well, that's that's who they are, and to your point, it, it just feels like it's your turn or my turn on offense. Right. It's either – and Kevin talked after the game because he – obviously, he, it's no big deal, but he passed Vince Carter. What's, what's that make him for 19th on the list? 25,754 points he has scored, but he was impressed with himself after the game. He took pride in the fact that he was efficient because he was 13 of 22. So yeah. okay, that's, that's who he is, what he does. He is not shooting well from three, though he's shooting better than LeBron is from three. So far, he's only 33%. But who closed the game with two clutch free throws? Well, it was Kevin as usual. He's shooting a career-high 93% from three. So from the free throw line. I mean, from the free throw line. So the point is that those two, to your point, that they just go, is it your turn or my turn? And and if they can get, like Kevin's averaging 33 a game, which ranks fourth in the league, right. and it's a career high for him, well, if he can keep doing that and Kyrie can average 30-ish, maybe they can win some games. But when well, they, they can't play, stop anybody. They can't stop anybody. And when I, I look down the schedule, so they got the Bulls tonight, and the Bulls are playing pretty well. So right. I think they're going to have their hands full. Then they have a couple of games at Washington and Charlotte. But then they have to go to Dallas. Luca, Luca go have fifty. He, he's going to have fifty, and then they make a West Coast swing, seven out of eight, and they play the Clippers, and they play the Lakers, and they play the Kings in Portland. And here they go. the The point is, they have to play Memphis. That when they play a better team, it's going to be hard to outscore the team right. when you don't play any defense. Yes, yes. And, and I still think it's a troubled team because I believe in Kevin's heart of hearts, he did not want to play with Kyrie, and he basically got forced out of contractual obligation to stay. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're staying with the guy that you don't love off the floor the way you used to. You don't trust him. And it's one controversy after another. And here they go. And there they went. And, and it was stunning to me that a 24-point lead evaporated down to none <laughs> against Indiana, who wiped you out at home in the previous game. Yep. <laughs> Boy, you got problems. Yeah. And Skip, it's not a good sign that we won a game in which the guy that we traded for, who's supposed to be a difference maker, Ben Simmons, didn't play. Didn't play. That offense looked more fluid. And like you said, Skip, Joe Harris is on the floor. You can space the floor, and you have to pay attention to him. No, he's not shooting the ball or this uh, so far early this year like we know he can shoot it. Yep. But at least he's a threat. Well, they, they don't give him any shots. It's hard to get. Look what Joe Harris did last night. He's, he's three, three and six, six and one or two, two from three. Yeah. Listen. He can make eight out of ten threes if you get yeah. him going. Okay, well, you got to feed him. Without, no, no, no. no. Kevin, K- KD and Kyrie go get somewhere between 40 and 60 shots a night. And they, they should. It's not like I'm saying, oh, no, 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 they, they should. No, no. You got no chance. Unless those two guys go nuclear on a nightly basis, Skip, you don't have a chance. You don't. 
because you don't play the defense. You can't le- keep letting people get to 130, 125, 128, 131 and expect to win a bunch of ball games. Yep. This ain't the 80s where everybody was just getting up and down the court. No. So they heaved a big sigh after this game. We survived the – we held off the Pacers. <laughs> well, well, now what's going to happen tonight? I, I just don't like their But, chance. Skip, think about this. Kyrie had to play 43 minutes. He did. KD had to play 39 minutes mm-hmm. against Indiana to hold him off. Yeah, they did. This early in the year. Yeah. 43 minutes. Bad signs. So is Ben going to be more content to just stay over there and clap? What they say he got a knee injury. He's doubtful if he's going to play tonight against Chicago. Mm. I doubt he plays tonight. But Skip, it's in his mind. He need, he might need to go. I don't know if he is, but he needs to talk to somebody. Skip. I agree. That's not no, that's not no. I don't care. You can't convince me that a basketball player shouldn't shoot the basketball, no. especially at the point guard. It's like, well, Dennis Rodman didn't shoot. Dennis Rodman wasn't running the offense. He was. <laughs> nope. The Nets seem to be going nowhere slowly. That's your team. You picked them. Yeah, I did. I didn't pick them to win at all, but I thought they were going to be pretty better good. than what they are. Yeah. Zach Levine, also questionable tonight, gentlemen, for the Bulls. Oh, DeRozan for All right. Should we expect a move from the Cowboys before the trade deadline expires today, nah. Skip? Let's dive into that on the other side of this break. Yep. All right, Jerry Jones ready to make some moves to try and get the 6-2 Cowboys back in the Super Bowl. He's been referring to when his team added Deion Sanders to an already stacked Dallas roster back in the 90s. Jones said, quote, I feel that good about our chances. I will do that. I will give up some future currency to go for it. All right, Shannon, do you expect Jerry Jones to make some sort of splash by today's 4 o'clock Eastern deadline? No, I don't. Uh, Skip, he felt good about his team last year. Remember, that's why he said he was so disappointed that they lost in the first round to uh, the San Francisco 49ers because he said, uh, I'm so disappointed because I didn't see this coming. I thought we were ready to play. Um, first of all, there are no Deion Sanders available, and you got Deion via free agency. They didn't trade Deion. You got Charles Haley. Um, Skip in the situation because like as, like you and I talked about earlier the 49ers just could not do anything else with Charles he didn't want to be there he had done everything he possibly could to let them know he didn't want to be there and then he did the final straw and then Carmen Policy says you got to go uh, there are some receivers that are available we hear DJ Moore could possibly be available he's a big time receiver they're just wasting his time in Carolina uh, is Brandon Cooks, you see, I saw Brandon Cooks might be available for Houston, Texas. Skip, all he does is get 1,000 yards. Where, whether it's New England, whether it's the Rams, whether it's New Orleans, whether it's the Texans, no matter who his quarterback, Brandon, it's like taxes. He's going to get you 1,000. You got to pay taxes, Brandon Cooks going to get you 1,000 yards receiver. He's a very, very good receiver. You Jerry Judy, he might be available. Uh, Skip, this is the first time since 1973 that the Cowboys has not had a player with at least 100 receiving yards in the game through the first three, eight weeks. 1973. So that 49, 49 years, that We spread the wealth. Yeah, he spread the wealth. <laughs> oh, that was, that's what you're telling yourself, Skip Bailey? Yep. Uh, no, yeah, 50, 50 years. 50 years. 50 years? Mm. 50 years, basically 50 years, Skip. So I don't well, see well, it. We are six and two. And that's why you're not going to do it, because you're six and two and you believe you got what it takes. That's why you're not going to do it. See, thank you for making my point. Mm. 
I'm not sure what the point is here because Jerry Jones seems to be speaking loudly out of both sides of his mouth <laughs> exactly. because I'm reading these quotes and then I'm reading these quotes and I'm saying two plus connect. two equal five. five. <laughs> okay. So at first he's raving about who they are, where they're going as is. Right. Because he's saying, I, I think the way we're sitting here with Dak playing as well as he is, well, Dak didn't really play that well against Detroit, Detroit. because they were all, they, they were a yard away from taking the lead, taking the lead thirteen to ten early in the fourth quarter, and then against the Bears, you kept telling me on Monday they're just terrible on defense. Okay, so we went up and down the field, but Tony Pollard did a lot of the upping and downing in the field, <laughs> right? Because he had seven breakaway runs for touchdowns. Dak played great. He had a QBR of ninety four. It led the the whole league this past week. Wow. Okay, I'll take that. I, I told you it's the best game I've seen him play since opening night, not this year, but going all the way back to the year before okay. at GOAT. Okay, so I've seen one game, body of work so far, but now it starts. The The, the season is about to start at Green Bay and at Minnesota. That's when you start to find out well, who are you made of. I thought you were going to say the season starts at 4 o'clock today, whether or not well, they've been made some trades. Okay, but he says – I see rising talent level because he says Tyron is coming back, and they've been boasting about him coming back by December 1, Tyron Smith. Well, the kid, Tyler Smith, has played pretty great at yeah. left tackle as a rookie. Right. I think they scored in the draft. Like against the Bears, I didn't hear his name called. Right. I didn't notice that he did anything wrong. Right. right? They got rid of the best pass rushers. Okay, so you're they right. did. Maybe that helped. But he says Tyron is coming back, and he says some other players are coming back. And I haven't even brought up the fact that James Washington was signed to be their deep threat this year. And I know he struggled at Pittsburgh, and he never was in the good graces of Ben Roethlisberger. And I don't know why, because at Oklahoma State, oh, he, could fight. he, he was game busted. Yeah. He, he was flying by people. He had some big games for the Steelers early well, on. Well, he did. And then- okay, and he was a second-round pick. So he's been he fractured his foot late in camp, right before the season started. Okay, so if he comes back, I got that as a uh, wide receiver four, if you will. Well, if that's the case, Skip, then so what? But uh, Jerry did say on his radio show this morning, since we uh, have some trades there entertaining. So he did say that on his radio show. Okay. There are some trades we're entertaining. Okay. So then he goes to other side of mouth in this interview that we're speaking <laughs> of. Was this to, to, I don't know if it's Clarence Hill or I don't know. But anyway, the point is, he said, I keep alluding to the Dion deal because he keeps calling it back. We added Dion to a pretty stacked deck, and that got us over the hump. It did because the hump was San Francisco. And they had him, and you did They didn't. had him, and, and they went, won the Super Bowl with <laughs> him. And you. so clearly you can tilt the whole playing field back in your favor because this is – we completely agree on this. This is by far the greatest cornerback who yes. ever stepped on a football because field. Wait, Skip, guess what happened? You beat them in 92 and 93 to get to the Super Bowl because they didn't have any answer – to Michael. They did so not. So they say, okay, Dion, you're afraid to come here. This is what we're going to pay you. We make you the high, one of the highest-paid defensive players. Now you got somebody to deal with, Mike. Okay. They go to the Super Bowl in 94. They're like, well, we don't want them to have him again. So now we got to pay him to get him in our foes. So now we got somebody to guard Jerry. So guess what? They go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Listen, Dion could make Jerry cry. Yeah. Jerry Rice. So, he could. But, Skip, you got Dion, you got Dion in free agency. Mm-hmm. You have an opportunity. No, no, there was no trade going on here. Yeah. You, you, you just you have to go got, buy him. Because you just imagine you have Vaughn Miller and Micah. Okay. And then I, you I kick got D, it. Now you kick D Law inside 
with Dorrance Armstrong. So you got Micah and Vaughn on one side. You got D-Law and Armstrong. And with that rotational players that you got, with Fowler, with some of those other guys. Okay, Jerry thought that Vaughn was too rich for his blood because he thought Vaughn was on the downside of his career. And I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing any tail off yet. Nah. I'm not seeing Father Time tapping him on the shoulder. Even what, what the Rams gave up to get Vaughn from Denver, you look at the playoff, you say it was worth it. Oh, he was absolutely worth it. A second round, I think they gave him a second round pick to get him. You look at what he gave you in the Super Bowl. You look at what he did in Tampa. You look at what he did against the 49ers. He's one of those guys. Wherever he goes, it's Midas Touch. He's a big game hunter. He's a big game hunter. The bigger the game, the better Bond Miller's going to play. You don't think play. he would want to hunt for his hometown Dallas Cowboys? Absolutely. Look, I go back to the Super Bowl 50. Did he not break that game open? Okay, but my team is flat out loaded with pass rushers. Yeah. There's no Vaughn, but there is a Micah, and he's coming. And he is so destructive. He, he commands so much attention that the others are just feasting. Mm-hmm. Like Sam Williams, the second-round right. pick out of Ole Miss. Yeah. He's flashing for me every game because he's flying against somebody in single coverage, yeah. and he's just eating alive. And then Dorrance comes here, and then Dante Fowler Dante is Fowler playing better than he played. Good, right, <laughs> he and is. then Odigi Zua comes up the yep. middle, and I'm saying, wait a second, mm-hmm. we're leading the league with all this. Any so what do, you want, what do you want, a receiver? Okay. You, want, you want DJ Moore? You want Brandon Cook? You want Jerry Judy? I mean, what you want? Okay, but, but he's talking about I'm ready to go for it. All, all those people are just people well, to me. Skip, wait, no, skip. Who, so who's I don't the, know. See, this would be the one where you don't know it's coming. Right. Where you don't, it, it's, it's not even being rumored yet. This, this would be one where you'd say, wait a second. What you want, Travis Kelsey? Yeah, like that. <laughs> Like that. Yeah, where, where I you bet just, you would like no, that. No, I know, but, but it's not going to be that, obviously. But I can't I, – I haven't been able to focus because Jerry and Steven are shrewd operators, right. and Will McClay is the shrewdest of operators right. because he just keeps scoring like crazy in the right. draft. Well, who knows? They may have identified somebody somewhere where I say, I didn't even know he was available. Right. And they go and get him, and he keeps raving about, we have – the draft capital, and we have the cap space to go make a splash move, yeah. a big move. And he, he was raving about, the main thing about me is I don't have an aversion. What, what, what did he, in all the books that I wrote about the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry used to just rave to me about what a plunger he is. And right. he said, it, it's called. Aversion to risk. It's called tolerance for, for ambiguity. <laughs> ambiguity is obviously, I don't, you know, don't know. I don't know. So what's your tolerance for I don't know? Right. Well, Jerry said in the oil fields, he had extreme tolerance for, oh, that could cost me my my whole whatever I got left in the bank. But okay, it can wait me rich beyond my rider's dreams. Okay, plunge. Go okay. for it. And, and he loves to, he told me that big story about he flew into Love Field one time, the, the smaller airport in Dallas. He went to the rent car counter. This is when he's trying to make it in oil and gas and handed the woman his credit card. And she just took it, looked at it, and cut it right in two with her sisters. Sciz- excuse me, scissors, because <laughs> she said he was busted. Yeah. And he lost his shirt, and then he had a whole bunch of shirts, okay? Because <laughs> he, he plunged. Yes. And he plunged, and he started to hit. But, but you listen, you, you hear all the stories about get rich quick, like Jed Klamath yeah. in, in the oil field. But, but there, there are millions of people out there who went completely bust. Bust. Okay, but he didn't. And now he owns the most valuable team in all of sports. He owns a bunch of things. He owns a bunch <laughs> of things. So he's saying – I. If we have a chance to do something, which which I interpret to mean meat on the bone, meat of where, where, where this, is, this is Jerryism for if there's big meat on that bone, like th- this is going to change our life. Right. 
Well, then he says, I'll plunge and well, it's do got, it. Well, Skip, it's got to be an offense. I'm thinking it's an offensive player. It's got to be. Although Dion wasn't and Charles was yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. Amari was. And I give Jerry high mm-hmm. marks for Amari because it worked for a while. Right. It was exactly what the doctor ordered for Dak. Because remember, Amari joins them and they're three and five and they take off and win the division. And Dak won his first and only playoff right. game at Jerry World against Seattle right. and Russell Wilson. Okay. So <laughs> my bottom line to all this is it sounds like Jerry is still trying to sell ice to the Eskimos. He's <laughs> just trying to. To stoke the fire. Oh, Jerry said we're going to go for it. Jerry said we're going to go for it. expectation where it, it's, it's all about box office for him. It's all about making America's team the most watched team in, in all the land. And the way you do it is you drop big hints about, I just might. Watch me. Skip, it's got to be a receiver. It's not okay. going to be a running back because I don't know. You, you, what, you going to go get Derrick Henry? You going to go get Nick Chubb? Kareem Hunt's, I mean, you, you hear Cleveland says Kareem Hunt's available now, but I, I think it's got to be a wide receiver. If you're going to go get somebody that could potentially put you over the top, a DJ Moore could possibly do that. Okay, DJ Moore, or I think Jerry Judy is pretty explosive, yeah. pretty special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so is DJ. I, I buy I, that. Brandon Cooks is the speed to take it off. Now, he can get deep. He can still run, Skip. I know he's, so I know he's like small. like he's been around forever. And, and Skip, he just makes plays. He just made and you go back and look at his track record in New England. He was flourished. You go back and, look, and he had Tom Brady. You go back and look at him in the Saints with uh, uh, with uh, Drew. He flourished with the Rams. No, he did. Jerry Goff. He flourished. Even with the guys that's in, uh, uh, he had Deshaun for a little while. But you look at him in, in Houston, Skip. He got a thousand yards. He makes plays. I mean, he's almost like the Von Miller of receivers. He just <laughs> keeps on. I'm not that he's winning Super Bowls constantly, right. but boy, he's in the mix. But he has some. But you have someone, Skip, that could take the top off the coverage. And so now you let CD do his work, the intermediate stuff. Maybe. I, I don't know. I will believe this when I see it. Well. Because I think that the right side of this is that Jerry thinks they're on the rise. It's four Eastern, yeah, one here. 1030. Right? Well, you got about four and a half hours yep. to make something happen. Okay. <laughs> one, o'clock, one o'clock Pacific time, four o'clock Eastern time. Well, all I know for sure is that Charles Haley happened in 1992 and Deion Sanders happened in 1995 which was the season the last time we went to the NFC Championship game right. and obviously went and won the Super Bowl. Well, I tell you what, ain't nobody, ain't no Dion's available. Okay. Ain't no Dion's available. Okay. Now, you might get a Charles Haley, you might get somebody that's that's disgruntled that we haven't heard about, but ain't no Dion's available Okay. Well, the trade. There's only one and only Dion Sanders, <laughs> but that was 27 years yeah. ago. And you know what? He was worth every penny. Of course. Every last penny. Absolutely. Yep. You weren't going to the Super Bowl without him. If they, guess what? San Francisco was going back to the Super Bowl if they'd have kept Dion and y'all have stayed that. And Jerry knew it. That is true. And by the way, <laughs> Dion caught a bunch of balls that year, too. Yeah. He played receiver and he was really good. Because somebody had got hurt. You know what? Alvin Harper, he I think did. Alvin Harper had left and yeah. went to Tampa. That is true. But in the Super Bowl, Dion caught two or three caught a balls. Bit, yeah. yeah, and he called, he called, he, he lined up at wide receiver during the season. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Both It'll ways. be fun yeah, to see what happens how today, how guys. Athletic and oh. great Dion oh. As soon as we're off the air, my Jay Glazer notification volume is turned all the way up. <laughs> all right, we know for sure the Ravens made some moves. How Did much they? is their recent acquisition from the Bears going to help them? Oh. Skip and Shannon wow. break it all down when Undisputed returns. So we know the Ravens acquired Roquan Smith from the Bears yesterday for A.J. Klein and a second and fifth round pick in 2023. 
The Ravens can now fill the void in the middle of their defense with the NFL's leading tackler. He's got 83 on the season so far. Shannon, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much is Roquan Smith going to help your Ravens? I'd say a 7. He's not Ray Lewis, but he's better than what they got. Uh, Josh Burns is uh, Burns is uh, Bynes is struggled. Mm-hmm. Patrick uh, Patrick Queen mm-hmm. uh, is has not lived up to what they thought the first round pick they were getting. Nope. And remember, Skip, in March they were in the running for Bobby Wagner. They were, and he decided to go to the Rams. And so now they get the second leading tackler since he's ended the league behind Bobby Wagner. He's a three down back, a three down backer. Uh, he's tremendous in, in run stopping. Yeah, he's a thumper. Um, he's, he's, he's a, I say he's average to maybe slightly above average in pass coverage. That's not what he's great at, but this is an upgrade to what they got. Now, when I say he's not Ray, Ray was one of the unique middle linebackers. Ray could take the ball away. Ray could intercept it. Ray would blitz, strip side, get the ball, pick it up, and do things with it. So he's not that. But the Ravens' defense is like, you know what, I think we got a chance here. And they've let some a 21-point lead, a 17-point lead, a 10-point lead, let those leads slip away. They said, you know what, if we get better play. The one thing we know about the Ravens, they are not afraid to plunge. They will go out. If they feel there's someone out there that can help them, they'll go get it. And so uh, I like the move. I'm going to say it's a seven. I'm actually shocked you're not higher. I'm going to a nine. I, I think – Yesterday, I was thinking more of a 10. Yeah. It, it feels like Roquan Smith was born to be a Raven. Oh, yeah, he definitely, he definitely it, it just feels like he belongs in purple. Yeah, if, you, if you're a Raven, you, you should be able to feel in with the – I mean, if you're a Bear, you should be able to go to the Ravens and vice versa because right? both are known for defense. Okay, so I'm not suggesting he's Ray, but, boy, he's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's made second-team All-Pro the last two years – Leading the league to this point in tackles. Skip, the reason why I didn't go higher, when it, when it comes to drafts, I like guys that either go put the quarterback on the ground, a la Charles Haley. Yeah. That's why Charles Haley has such an impact, because what could he do, Skip? He could go put the guy on the ground, or a guy that can go score points. Okay, so I get that. But this man is a tackling machine. Oh, absolutely. In, in that regard, he is at least Ray. Oh, yeah, Ryan. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he, he doesn't take the ball away like Ray does. He, he doesn't have Ray's IQ and, and just sort of gut feeling mm-hmm. for where the ball – Ray could sniff out the ball like nobody I've ever seen. Yeah. And he came in at like 225, yes. right? Yes, I don't know what he weighed your year, but uh, – he, he had gotten – he's probably like 250. Okay. But then as he, as he got older, you know, you talk to him as a little – you probably, as you start to age, drop it down. So he probably – his last year, he's probably 35, 40. Okay. So they rank the Ravens right now 20th in points allowed yep. at 22.9. That yep. is not Ravens S. No. Right? No. And yet the caveat to all this, which is intriguing to me, is you went and got somebody else's financial problem. Mm-hmm. Well, you got the biggest financial problem in the league right now under your nose in your house. And guess what? Both of them represent themselves. Okay. There you go. So – I love the term that Rokon was using in Chicago. I'm, I'm holding in. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> holding out while holding in. I'm still here. Right. I'm still going through it. Right. I'm still playing for you, but I'm actually holding in. Right. 
I think Lamar is also holding in. Right. He's there. He doesn't always participate full force during the week. But when it's time to play, he flat out balls out. Yep. Here's the thing. I think if Roquan, if Roquan comes in and plays like we know he can play, I don't think the Ravens will have a problem giving him a contract. But this is what we know about DeCosta. This is his third uh, trade line deal in four years. 2019, they make the trade for Marcus Peters. In 2020, they make the trade for Yannick Ngakwe. That'll so work. now here we go with Raekwon. And you see on the defensive side of the football, because they still, they're still a defensive-minded football team. And it's like, okay, we're going to let you do your thing, Lamar, but we still got to hold up our end. And they don't feel on that side of the ball. Now, I know everybody said, well, when is uh, 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 DaCosta, uh, when are they going to go get him, his Stephon Diggs for uh, Allen? When are they going to go get him as Tyreek for uh, Tua? When are they going to get one of those guys? Well, I'm not saying that's still not on the table. Who knows? Maybe DJ Moore is on the table for them. Maybe a Brandon Cooks or a Maybe. Jerry Judy is on the table for them still. But they are walking Jerry Jones' talk. Like, they, oh, yeah. they keep walking the yeah. talk, right? Yeah. Jerry just keeps talking and doing next to nothing. Yeah. And then they go out, and these are plunge deals. This was a big plunge deal, but it, it's a sweet deal right now because the Bears are— Played half, They're only paying 700000 of the $6 million that's left, I now think. That's pretty, it's five seventy-five. dollars right? right, okay. okay so well, that's cheap. That's like the veteran minimum, yeah. okay? League minimum. Right. And, and he's in the fifth year of his rookie deal, obviously. Right. And so now you, you have to have committed sort of psychologically. You, you are going to pay him whatever right. the market bears, right? right? You're, yeah. you're going to make him a raven for the next but five Skip, I years. I don't like the message that the Bears is sending. They basically say, we're we done. Well, we, give away our two, we give away our two best defensive players. We're going to stockpile these picks. I so what did I do with we now? I didn't think they got enough for Roquan. No, for um, uh, oh, Robert Quinn. Quinn. So, 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 okay, Skip. Rounder? Okay, let's just say you're on that team. Oh, we stop war next year and the years to come, we're going to be good. What they going to do for me to get my eyes beat out right now? Well, I'm sitting in the cold tub and just got drugged 49 to 29. What, how, does that, how does those pigs help me right now? Okay, and what is Lamar thinking? Are they just going to tag him next year? I guess they are. I, I don't love it. He's no. not going to love it. No, no, they're going to have to. It, it's, no, you, I, I, it's probably, look, I believe there's still there's some, some bad blood. You tag him, it's going to be worse. Because he's like, hold on, hold on. I've done it. I've won the MVPs. I've, I've, I've taken it to the playoffs. I've won a playoff game. I went back to it, and y'all tagged me. So, so what do I need? To, so what do y'all need to do? Have I not shown you enough? And there are other guys that haven't shown nearly as much, and their organization doesn't have a problem giving them a contract because you know Joe Burrow's in line to get one. You yeah. know Justin Herbert's in line to get one. Tua is in line to get one. I hope they've done the math to the point that they're ready to pay both of these young men. Yeah, yeah. Because if you can pay them and you can keep them happy for the next five years, right. you, you got a chance to go places. You probably got a better chance of, uh, of getting Roquan. I don't know what the, the market is. The market is not that high for, for a middle backer. Lamar ain't giving you no discount. 230. No, Lamar ain't not giving you no, no. discount. Because yesterday's price ain't today's price. I got it. I got it. Roquan's going to make his Ravens debut on Monday Night Football, guys, when Baltimore heads to New Orleans to take on my Saints. All right. Should fans be upset over J.J. Watt's sack celebration? Yes. We're going to show it to you and talk about that coming up on Undisputed. I'll check this out. After J.J. Watt sat Kirk Cousins on Sunday, watch as he celebrates the, the sack dance of Vikings legend Jared Allen. 
Naturally, Vikings fans were booing Watt, but he thought they were going to enjoy his tribute. After the game, he tweeted, it was, quote, tribute, not a slight, don't get it twisted. Allen was in attendance on Sunday as he was inducted in the Vikings ring of honor. All right, Shannon, did you like or did you have a problem with his ode to Jared Allen's sack celebration? Skip, what is J.J. talking about? The guy that you you imitated his sack dance is that he's in attendance. He's going to the ring of honor. You're in Minnesota. He's one of their great players. And you say, and you thought the fans were going to say, ah. Oh, we love you, J.J. J.J., Thank I can't you. believe you. Thank Stop you. Stop it. Stop it. So let, me, so let me get this right. When Ray Lewis saw Shaq Barrett, when he sacked Thank Lamar you. Jackson. Thank you. I just, I wrote that down. I was do his sack. He's like, oh, man, that's a tribute Thank to you. Ray. It's a tribute Stop, to Come me. on, J.J., you've been around the game too long. It'll be the same way if somebody does do what you do when you sack the quarterback. If they were to do that when you were in Houston, you wouldn't have talked that, oh, that's an honor of me. Come on, bro. Fans don't think like that. They see somebody comes in and do a dance that one of their great players did for a number of years. Yeah, they're going to think it's disrespectful. They think you, you uh, they don't look at it like imitation as a form of flattery. Mm-hmm. They're like, you being disrespectful. You see that man in attendance and you want to do his dance. Just like everybody would come to Ravens, they score. They would do Ray's dance. Ray's not looking at it like, oh, man, they doing my dance. Oh, they doing my No. Y'all being disrespectful. So I don't know what J.J. was thinking. I love Ray so much. When Shaq Barrett, I was obviously rooting for Tampa. When he did that, it was at Tampa when, when he sacked Lamar. Yeah. I'm like, just stop it. <laughs> just stop it. It's, it's just shameful. It's, it's, you're going too far. It's, it's such disrespect that it's blasphemous. Yes. what it is. Yes. But he was clowning. He, he yes. was shaming. He was, he, he was rubbing it in. Right. And unfortunately, Shaq Barrett tore his Achilles like a couple of plays later. What, what, what are you doing? J.J. wants to be loved so badly that he actually thinks that, that, that he could have elicited cheers by honoring one of the great sack artists ever who's being honored on that day yes. going into the ring of honor yes. by sacking Minnesota's quarterback at Minnesota right. and then honoring with an ode to Jared Allen. Right. They're not going to cheer for you. No. Did he really think he could – he could prompt everybody to say, thank you, J.J., we cheer you for that. I know you're an All-American guy, J.J. Mm-hmm. Wife, got, your wife used to be a soccer player, yep. All-American, six foot four, handsome wife. No, bro, you're on the opposing team, and the guy that you imitated is beloved in Minnesota. He's in attendance. And you're like, you know what, if I do this, he's going to applaud me. They're like, oh, yes, J.J., thank you, thank you. for Nobody see that. That's then not- he tweets, don't get it twisted. Uh, you no, got it twisted. You, you got it twisted. If you thought, you they, got were, it, you got if you thought they were going to cheer for you for doing that Jared Allen Jared uh, Allen Sachs dance. Okay, you, you you can't. It's going to come across. I can't believe he can't get this through his head. It's going to come across as you're making fun of it. Yes, you're you're, you're being sarcastic yes. about it, and you're rubbing all their noses in the fact that you're doing Jared Allen Sachs. Skip, let me ask you a question. If somebody they play in the Warriors and they beat the, they beating the Warriors and they make a shot and somebody does this Steph Curry, you think that oh that's an homage and to some, Steph. somebody will yes! do it when they beat him. Yes, right and, now. And I remember Chris Paul hit a shot on him and he started shimming like Steph does. He did. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> I don't know. This is just wrong headed. Of course. Wake up, JJ. Oh my goodness. He he tried. He tried, guys. It was a miss, that's for sure, though. All right, how concerned should Clipper fans be with Kawhi's latest Mm -hmm. knee issues? Mm. Are you guys worried about him? 
We'll dive into that in just a minute. Leonard, he's going to miss the Clippers' upcoming road trip. That knee issue, it is lingering. This makes six straight games Kawhi has been sidelined for. Skip, let's start with you. Scale of 1 to 10, how concerned (laughs) are you about Kawhi's knee? I'll go nine. (laughs) Shannon Sharp, I told you before the season started, I was told that knee is not right post-surgery. And I picked the Clippers anyway because I thought, well, maybe it'll get right. And then on opening night, I was ecstatic because it looked 100% right. Came off the bench mid-second quarter and took the game over. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? That's the last we saw him. (laughs) And I told you that day after that game, I said, well, now we got to see how his knee responds. Well, it didn't respond. So I think it's serious trouble. And if there's no Kawhi, if he's going to limp through the whole season, they got no shot. It took Paul George making two miraculous shots last night to beat Houston at home. Yeah, I agree with you, Skip. I'm at a 10 because I I just – it's hard to get healthy during the season, and we know about Kawhi. If he's not 100%, he's not playing. That is a fact. And so I, I just – the thing is, Skip, I mean, like, I, I, can, I can understand he's not going to play back-to-back. But, damn, Skip, it's been six ga- – it's been five or six games now. And now they're going on a two-game trip, and they say, and no way. And he's not even traveling. Not traveling. So now you got to worry about, Skip, whether or not he's playing the knee swelling from air travel. He might just have to play at home, Skip. I, unfortunately – all his games might be played at home. What made it even worse is he looked so good. Yes. He, he's a little bigger, a little stronger, maybe to a too, detriment. Yeah, I don't know. He maybe take some of that off. Maybe take some off because maybe it's just too much pounding on the knee, maybe too much pound on top of but it. But let me right? ask you a question, Skip. You say the knee isn't right. Will the knee ever be right? Or will it ever be right in his mind? I think in his mind is huge, but – it didn't come out of surgery quite right, and and he is tormented by it. And once the demon gets in your head, oh, yeah, my knees, here we go. It's tough. It's it, tough. It might be a long. But I thought it wasn't year. as bad. I thought it wasn't a complete tear of the ACL. I thought it was like a, like a, a micro, a small tear. Was it worse than previously thought once they got inside? Did not respond well. Hopefully he'll get better soon, Mm. guys. We are out of time. Great show today. 